We are the Chemical Syndicate, and this is a Batman podcast. This week, episode 11, Batman 89 returns. Welcome, everyone, to the Chemical Syndicate. This is a Batman podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Shane. I'm David. And we're together. In the same room. Finally. Finally. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I've always been here, David. (laughs) You've been living in my walls. (laughs) (laughs) I got my secret hiding spots. (laughs) That's what I hear skittering through the night. What, What was that? And all that heavy breathing, it's me. (laughs) It was me the whole time. Why somebody's using your bathroom at night, that's me too. (laughs) That's so scary, man. (laughs) Just the idea of somebody living in your walls. Yeah. Um, You ever seen this movie called uh, People Under the Stairs? Uh, No. I think it's a Wes Craven movie. Yeah. I'm like, obviously, I'm familiar with the The title. The title, but I I don't, I've never seen it. It's just like, you know, uh, your standard horror movie where people live in the walls and in between things in the house. And it's just scary. It's creepy. It's got a lot of other other things going on. Is there a kid that got a tongue chopped off in that movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, He's the one living in the walls. Oh, okay. I've seen (laughs) seen part of that movie then. Yeah. I haven't watched that movie in a while. I picked it up on Blu-ray a while back Mm. because I remember liking it as a kid for some reason. I'm not a big horror fan. So, yeah. But anyways, this is a Batman podcast. <laughs> this isn't a Wes Craven This is a Batman podcast. We ain't talking Wes Craven. We ain't talking people under the stairs. We talking stairs. Batman because that's what this podcast is all about. We are the Chemical Syndicate. Thank you, guys. If you have listened to us before and you're coming back, thank you. Yeah. If you're just now joining us for the very first time. What took be- you so long? Well, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> We're cool. We've got some good content. Not a lot, but enough. Also, thank you for listening. Also, thank you for listening now. Yeah, and that's what's important. And hopefully forever <laughs> and ever and ever and ever and ever. But down to business here, we've got a fun episode ahead of you because we're returning to Batman 89. Yes. But we ain't talking about the movie. No, 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 no. We ain't talking about Batman Returns. No, 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 no. We're talking about Batman 89, the comic, a limited series event that came out in 2021 and finished up this year in 2022, a continuation of the Tim Burton films, Batman and Batman Returns. Throw away Batman forever. Throw away Batman and Robin. They take place in another universe. That's true. That's true. And uh, we're excited because, I mean, this was a series that was pitched some time ago. We'll be talking about that in a quick minute about uh, some of the background on this. But it was a concept that was pitched some years ago. I was excited because I'm like, yeah, what would a third Batman story within that universe look like? Yeah. And, um, you know, basically there was some pitches, got turned down. But eventually and- it got approved and we got to see this uh, next iteration, this next chapter, so to speak, in the uh, Keaton Tim Burton universe of of Batman, mm-hmm. and um, it's cool. Uh, kind of just uh, David, I want to kind of go ahead and kind of jump into like what your initial thoughts were because I oh, know you yeah. finally got around to it recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I liked it. Like if if this did come out as like a Batman three in the nineties, you know, um, this would have been a really great, really great uh, follow up to to Batman Returns. I think 
I, I agree with you. And I think I may have hinted too, and I'm sure we'll dive a little bit uh, deeper into it, but mm-hmm. uh, I feel like there's a lot of great elements yeah. that were you know, introduced into yeah. the story. And there's a lot that um, I'd like to discuss as we kind of go along into mm-hmm. it because it's uh, real curious as to like whether or not this ever would have been an actual story concept right. that would have developed under the banner, or I'm sorry, under the watch of mm-hmm. Tim Burton as right. his filter yeah, and with Sam Hamm and everything like that. And there's some stuff I'm going to be bringing up here momentarily about Sam Hamm and his involvement. Uh, Sam Hamm uh, wrote Batman 89, uh, the, the comic, but he was also, <laughs> um, <laughs> I might as well go ahead and dive into it here. Well, real quick. Batman 89 was a is a six issue limited series came out in August 2021 and it finally got its final you know issue issue number six as I'm stumbling over that <laughs> uh, finally came out this past July 2022. All right, it's very six ridiculous. issues over. How many is it? Almost a year. Basically, like eleven months. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually have it all dated here as to oh, uh, when okay. they were released because. <laughs> I was picking these issues up yeah, as they were coming were out. For them. I was waiting. I wanted all the variant covers. Yeah. I got pretty much all of them. I think I'm only missing one, and, mm-hmm. and I think it's pretty easy to get. I just gotta finally just get it. Yeah. Um. But I was, I'm, you know me. I was, I was stoked for this. I've been yeah. wanting this. Um. The artist. I could taste it. <laughs> it's so close. Mm, yes, Batman 89, the comic. Yes, the sequel. Yum 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 yum. Oh my my. And uh, Joe uh, Quinones, uh, I did actually try to look up and oh, properly say it. it. Yeah, he says yeah. it so fluently and naturally because yeah. it's his name. Yeah. For me, I'm like, uh, okay, I'm going to try this out because I'm I'm very uncultured. I'm <laughs> uncultured swine. <laughs> but uh, Joe uh, Quinones, he, um, I actually got to meet him. Oh, um, back Why don't in you 20- invite him into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I could for the future. He seems pretty approachable that way. Um, I guess quick story about this. I met him in 2019 at C2E2. Oh, okay. When we went to go meet Paul Rudd. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Paul Rudd. That. He's a nice guy. Paul Rudd. He's, He's a nice guy. guy. And when I was kind of like hanging around, like, you know, I think Artist Alley or whatever, I came across uh, Joe Quinona's uh, booth. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot that, you know, because I just didn't remember the name of whoever pitched Batman 89 oh, back, yeah. in, back in the day. And I'm looking at a lot of his artwork, and it's looking familiar. And mm-hmm. that's where I came across that uh, the Gemini Prince pin. Oh, that I okay, got yeah. You. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I yeah. got that. And I also had um, he had uh, the Catwoman, uh, Selena Kyle, like uh, the Batman Returns, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer pin. Okay. So I picked those up. I had to pre-order those, and um, we were chit-chatting, and it kind of dawned on me, like, wait, you 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 pitched Batman '89? He's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you know, and. We're just very, you know, just having a moment, just mm-hmm. having a nice little quick combo. And I'm like, man, I wish that would have seen the light of day. And yeah. maybe, hopefully, one day it, it, you know, will. Yeah. And, and he was d- like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't do that. Oh, he didn't do that. No, okay. no. Nah, nah. But he was just like, yeah, hopefully. And I'm like, hey, hopefully. I'd like it. Um, he was a very nice guy. And um, obviously, this came to fruition. And he had a huge part of uh, developing it. And he got mm-hmm. to do the artwork for yeah. it. So, um, yeah, that was a fun little. Uh, Thing that happened back so, in the day. Congratulations, Joe Quinones. Yes. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> but let me go back to like this release schedule of like these issues. It started off pretty standard on how comics typically get released, but DC started slacking and getting lazy. Mm-hmm. Issue number one released in August. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Issue number two, September. All right. All right. It's on, on Issue schedule. number three, October. <laughs> okay. That's right. good. On schedule. Issue number four, December. 
Sounds like they had the first three issues banked up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on, but issue number five, April of 2022. <laughs> oh, man. Get the f- out of here, man. Get the fuck out of this. <laughs> I wonder Making where, me wait four months for that. I wonder where the, the hiccup was. I would imagine it would be the um, the art. I mean, like the art would be the probably the thing that takes the longest to make, right? I never really did look up, and I remember my comic book guy, every time I'd be like, hey, when's this next issue coming out? He's like, mm-hmm. uh, it's scheduled for this month, and then... I check in. He's like, oh, it's scheduled for this coming month. Like, I check in and it's scheduled for this coming month. Come on, man. I'm getting frustrated. And he's just like, I don't know what's going on. You know, JR is used to like DC and all these other companies falling behind occasionally on certain titles. But DC tends to be a little bit more criminal when it comes to like some of these. uh, It's kind of like with uh, Doomsday Clock. Yeah. It seems like like special projects and stuff like will, will get behind you know it'll just take forever and it's yeah. like just get this fucking story out let me just read it i'm already over it <laughs> especially with doomsday uh, clock oh like... doomsday clock just pissed me <laughs> off don't tell me that was a good book don't lie to me like that <laughs> don't lie to me. i love jeff johns and uh was it uh gary frank who did mm-hmm. the artwork yeah, tremendous gary frank is awesome yeah, yeah tremendous duo uh great talents but i fucking hated that yeah, story doomsday clock was rough man um, and then the, the sixth and final issue came out in July, so nice. three mm, months after go. the fact. So it took 11 months to get six issues out, and yeah. it's like... But for me, it was all at one time. Yeah, lucky you. <laughs> oh, good for you. Oh, good, good for, for you. you. <laughs> da, da, da. Good for Just you. Just reading your comic. Da, da, da. <laughs> but as David had mentioned earlier, the Batman 89 uh, book here is a continuation of Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Returns, completely disregarding Joel Schumacher's Batman Forever and Batman Robin. And that's probably for the better because I think ideally we always wanted to see at least a concept of what the next phase of like what the continuation right. of that realm would look like. You yeah. know, the idea, the aesthetic of Tim Burton, yeah, his those, style. And those all actors that. in those roles Which going right, on with another story, you know? Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, I, I love... Billy D. Williams, the yeah. artwork for him in this, and just yeah. the version of Two Face yeah. is different. I could definitely hear Billy D. Williams' voice in the dialogue. Same, you know, same, same here. I, I, I the entire time, I'm just it, with all of the characters that I'm aware of. Like, mm-hmm. I know, um, with obviously we've got Michael Keaton, you know, as Batman. Of there. course, of course, uh, Michael Goff, Alfred. Yeah. You got Pat Hingle as Gordon, mm-hmm. and although then, Pat Hingle, they. Um, how they draw him, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit yeah, later. But yeah. so some of the artwork, like there, there is um, references to like Batman the Animated Series yeah. in a lot of like the designs. Like it's taking those actors, but then like putting them through like a, a Batman the Animated Series kind of prism. You know, well they added a mustache to Alfred, yeah. and they and they they gave a better mustache to Gordon, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and some color. It's like yeah, it's actual like red. You know, yeah, yeah, right he's got a lot more going for him. Yeah. Um, and then with uh, the character design for obviously for Two Faces, you know it's not inspired by Tommy Lee Jones. Oh no, it's uh, it's inspired by Billy D, the Billy cool D. side of the pillow. Billy D Williams. Oh Han, not Han. <laughs> Lando. <laughs> Lando. What the fuck am I smoking? The man who I'm not asking. Originated the the character. Well, he was yeah the first to play Harvey Dent. Yeah. yeah, and I, I would I would actually suspect he is literally the first ever live action adaptation of Harvey yeah, Dent because he was never in the sixty six. Uh, no, although the yeah. the famous rumor being that Clint Eastwood was supposed to appear or was, was being courted <laughs> to show up for an episode, I'm like, get the fuck. I don't know if I believe that, but I'll yeah. do a little bit more research on that concept. Yeah, because I, I I'm trying to think of how you know 
what was Clint Eastwood's uh, star? How far, how high was his star rising at that time? Because like pretty high up there, probably around the time that uh, those those the show was out. Though I mean, I, I'd have I'm, to look because I don't know when um, the uh, Man with No Name trilogy yeah, started. Yeah, you know, it, it was like in the late '60s when yeah. that's, I believe, maybe mid '60s. Maybe that first one was like '65. This is readily uh, available to me via the internet, but I uh, do not have my phone near me. So, <laughs> nah. Why would we do that? Why would we do that? We don't have. We need a producer. That's what we need. We need somebody. <laughs> we need a man in a chair. Yeah, we need a man in a chair. Yeah, or a woman, or a woman, or it's both. Twenty. Hey, you said it, man. <laughs> One for each of us. Yeah, I'd like that. Um, so, but yeah, you, you got uh, this. This version is obviously this Two Face is not Tommy Lee Jones. It, we're sticking with Billy D, just like mm-hmm. there was the original uh, concept was way back when. Like yeah. you can even like catch interviews with Tim Burton talking about what the concept for the you know third Batman movie may have looked like, and with there being talks with Billy D, and I think even Billy D's gone on to talk about it. now. I'd like to trust what he has to say. I don't think Billy D's a liar. <laughs> Are you calling Billy D. Williams a liar, David? I, no, Are you no, laughing sir. at him? No, sir. I, Do I got to go get Billy D? <laughs> Give me a punch. Yeah, but uh, he's always talked about that there was talks of him coming back and to be Two-Faced and to yeah. do a whole black and white thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you get to see this fulfilled in yeah. the story finally. And uh, it's really cool. And, yeah. Yes. There it is. Yes, yes, yes. There's. Oh, um, I was probably going to dive into this a little bit, but you do get the appearance of Barbara Gordon in this in this book. Yeah. And her, uh, do you, did you kind of get a vibe as to what her sort of inspiration for her design was after? Uh, you know, which actress? Um, at, at first, I was thinking like, is she supposed to be Sean Young? Um, but then I, I don't know. I, I think I remember reading something, but enlighten me because I've I forgotten. Oh, let me give you a hint. Okay. It's, it's another person who has. It's another female actress who has benefited being in Tim a Tim Burton oh. movie. Is it supposed to be Winona Ryder? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. That's cool. And um, in the original uh, pitch from Joe Quinones and uh, Kate Leth, who was, uh, mm. I think that's her name real quick here. I'm double check. I'm, yeah. I, I remember seeing that name. Yeah. Kate Leth. Yeah. I'm sorry. Shirt, yeah. I'm having a moment like, I'm pretty sure it's Kate. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's Leth. Um, yeah, when they both pitched it, uh, the original concept artwork for their Batgirl was inspired by uh, Christina Ricci, oh. which I thought was pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. And I do think that their version of Robin here is inspired by what was always rumored to be Robin for the third Batman movie, which was Marlon Wayans. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that, too. Yeah. So really cool introductions to a lot of the modern, you know, a lot of the more well-known Batman characters that didn't get to appear in any of the Tim Burton Batman films. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, got to really see that come to fruition here. Yeah, I kind of got to see what if. What if. What if. <laughs> Trying to get my uh, uh, Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> you are the watcher. <laughs> and imagine the question, what if. God, you do. That was really good. <laughs> that was really, I thought it was really good. Thanks. I thought, I mean, from where I'm, where I'm standing, where I'm sitting, <laughs> where I'm at, where I'm located, that's not good. Somebody told me I look like Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you, <laughs> you really, you really do. You look like Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> I think that was at work. Somebody. Like, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was at work. Yeah. yeah. And then you changed your profile picture on Facebook <laughs> to Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> 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 oh 
it's all it's all coming back to me. Oh, it's all coming back to me. Oh, and then you finally watched Westworld probably because of it, right? <laughs> I well, I started. I did. I got partway through like the third episode. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, but was... for whatever reason, I just stopped watching, and then I feel like that happens with yeah. with some projects like that with shows it's like eh, it's not for me or it's not clicking yeah and i'm just gonna stop and come back another time yeah when i'm ready i'm not ready for this i'm not ready for west world <laughs> but uh yeah so the batman 89 limited series here as we mentioned written by sam ham who um you might know him for writing the story for <laughs> the 1989 batman, batman movie yeah and as well as um writing the story the uh, for Batman Two, technically not Batman oh, Returns. Oh, okay. Yeah, Batman Two. Batman Two. Did, he he did get. He, hmm. Do Do you know what his like treatment was, or what the uh, story might have been for Batman Two, his version of it? I did not look that up. I feel like that would be yeah. a fun kind of thing to explore whenever yeah, I mean, we get around to talking about Batman Returns. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, but I guess kind of like having you know written the original screenplay for Batman 89. He, yeah, there were some things that were changed on that during the writer's strike at that time. Mm. So hence Alfred bringing Kim, you know, I'm sorry, uh, bringing Vicky Vale to the Batcave. Right. Because even like in the the interview on the special features right, documentary, he's like, hands up. <laughs> he's like, that. I didn't do that. <laughs> hey. hey if, <laughs> Don't for, yell at me. If it were me, that would be Alfred's last day on the job, <laughs> he says. So he, he, he does not want to get blamed for that. <laughs> I'll believe him this time. <laughs> now he uh, so he wrote an unused script for Batman Two. Apparently, Tim Burton disliked it so much that he hired another writer by the name of Daniel Waters to change it up to his liking. Uh, so <laughs> it's like okay, and we got what well, we got with Batman Returns, a very yeah. Tim Burton yeah. Batman movie, yeah. um, even more Tim Burton than the first one. So yeah. I'm you know that's you know that's the way it's always been known as yeah. yeah. Uh, Ham was able to get story credit for Batman Returns after he petitioned with the Writers Guild. Uh, so, you know, he went complaining to his daddy. And I don't know. I want my money. I want my credit. I don't know the full story on that. Uh, I just, I, I'm kind of curious to learn a little bit more about what happened. So one day we'll probably dive a little bit deeper. But Yeah, uh, yeah like you said on our Batman Returns episode, whenever we do that, we'll... Yeah, but doing so, he was able to get himself story credit on the movie, but he knocked off, I think, another writer. From getting credit. Oh, no. Yeah, so him kind of doing that kind of riff, riffled that. But I don't think it was anybody notable. I could be burying somebody that is very important, but I did not recognize the name. I'm like, eh, it's fine. But that's, that's kind of crummy, though, in the sense. like, Amen. That's life in Hollywood, baby. I mean, I know you're, <laughs> I know you're joking, but that's also so true, right? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a bummer, though. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess... From a payday standpoint, it's good for him because I'm sure that was really important. Like, I'm, yeah, I just I spent time working on this script. Yeah, well, I'm sure he was paid for the script itself or for the story idea itself, but yeah, he wants that credit to get probably those those probably royalties attached to getting a credit uh, for a story buy or something. Yeah, yeah, but you know, good for him. He got credit for Batman Returns. He got to probably and he a fuck some payday. other guy. Yeah, over he fuck some other guy over, <laughs> and he got a good payday out of it. I mean, it's it's funny because like when you when you think about it, like it's, times were even. Like we're probably, I mean, they're they're still tough for writers, but imagine back then, right? It's even tougher, Mm -hmm. and like to get to knock somebody off off of a payday is it's kind of harsh. Yeah, but we don't know. We don't know the full context of it. And there there might be rules uh, for the Writers Guild or whatever where you can only have so many people with uh, 
you know, a story by credit, maybe. I don't know. And for all we're aware of, too, I mean, his blueprint for Batman 2 could have been exactly followed throughout Batman Returns. Right. Only with whatever changes that Tim Burton did want to see or what he wanted in his movie. Yeah. So we'll hopefully learn more about that in the future. Yeah. But it wasn't the last time that uh, that Sam Hamm got the opportunity to write for, for Batman, though. He was invited by Denny O'Neill to write a story arc in uh, Detective Comics called oh. Blind Justice. Cool. And what's think Batman goes blind in that? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't know about that. <laughs> one. Um, I uh, but what was more notable about that run was the introduction and creation of Henry Ducard, oh, Bruce Wayne's mentor. Interesting. Yeah. Sam Ham made Ducard. He sure did. Wow. And of course, you know, Ducard gets a little appearance in Batman, or at least, yeah, you know. Uh, the name is used. The, the name is used in Batman the Begins. Alias is used in yeah. Batman Begins. And uh, yeah, and the character has been merely Ducard. Merely Ducard. But I speak for Ra's al Ghul. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, uh, aside from like the Batman movies, he does not have a huge body of work that I've seen. Yeah. And prior to Batman, he uh, wrote a movie called uh, uh, Never Cry Wolf. It's mm-hmm. like some. Uh, um, some art house bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, uh, it's a, it's about like a sort of, it's like some writer who has no survival skills. I don't know. It's something. Mm. It's got Brian Dennehy in it, but oh. it's about as much as it gets. I, I don't know. It, it sounded interesting, yeah. but not interesting enough for me to remember to talk about. <laughs> and he um, also wrote uh, Monkey Bone. Monkey Bone. I've never seen them. I've, I've never, never seen, seen Monkey Bone. Is it Brendan Fraser's? Yeah, Brendan Fraser's in there. And a cartoon there. monkey. Well, I don't think he's. I don't think he's Monkey Bone. But is he Monkey or is did he you bone? Say monkey Bones? <laughs> did you say Bones like Monkey Bones? <laughs> There's a the monkey is a cartoonist or he's a cartoonist or something. I, I right? I think so. Yeah, I, I keep seeing his Monkey Bone all around. I, I guess I, Chris Kattan's in there and is he Monkey Bone? I don't know if he's Monkey Bone. I don't know. I've never watched Monkey Bone. I don't know if I will. David, I mean, David, don't press me on Monkey Bone. I, I mean, don't Chris, know. Chris Kattan does have a famous monkey character, so. I went to, when I went to go visit L.A. back uh, in 2016, mm-hmm. I was hanging out at uh, the Rainbow Bar and Grill. It's the place where Lemmy Kilmister uh, used to hang out all the time. Oh, okay. And uh, started chit-chatting some uh, some girl there. Who uh, you know is up and coming? Well, not really up and coming, but she was an actress. Yeah, you know, trying to find work, moving out to Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood. <laughs> and uh, I perfectly guessed because when she learned that me and my Sergio were from Wisconsin and all mm-hmm. that, um, that's right, folks. We're from Wisconsin. That's right, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And uh, once she learned about that, she's like, "Oh, I I dated I dated somebody who you know uh, was from Wisconsin," and I shit you not, I guessed. On the first try, who it was? Dustin Diamond. What? <laughs> Dustin Diamond? Nah, no Dustin Diamond. Oh, okay. Who was it? Uh, Kevin Farley. I guessed it. Oh. I don't know why it was my go-to. <laughs> Kevin Farley is not necessarily the most famous, pro- you know, like a uh, product of Wisconsin that's gone yeah. out there and made it big. His brother, yeah, Chris, Chris, is well one. known. Yeah. But I know for a fucking fact she ain't dated no Chris Farley. <laughs> She's young. She's super young. She was like yeah. probably like I think she's probably our age. Yeah. I know she didn't date no Chris Farley. <laughs> Dude was dead by the time she was like probably trying to make it out to Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I don't know the reason why I guessed Kevin Farley right away because <laughs> there's not a lot of other Wisconsinites that have come yeah. from here that I would suspect she would have dated. Right. I mean, Harrison Ford. <laughs> 
Is, wait, what? Willem Dafoe? Isn't Harrison Ford from Wisconsin? I don't know. I know I know Dafoe was, I think, born in Appleton. Yeah, and he went to school in yeah. you know, uh, UWM, uh, Milwaukee. And um, Heather Graham, I believe, was born in Milwaukee. Okay. Mark Ruffalo? He's from Kenosha, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I sure as shit just felt like, <laughs> nah, she couldn't have nabbed any of those fishes. <laughs> But I, I for some for some reason my first thought was Kevin Farley. Yeah, that is the most attainable. That's, that's so specific. <laughs> I know, I know. But I'm not I'm not messing with you, man. Yeah. I I'm not lying about this. I guessed <laughs> Kevin Farley and I got it right. And was she, she was impressed. Sh- I don't think she was impressed. I think she was worried. Shamed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, where the story is going is that she also dated Chris Kattan. Oh wow. And I'm like, because she mentioned like, yeah, I dated somebody from SNL and I didn't even bother to guess that. I'm like, okay, who? And she's like, Chris Kattan. I'm like, huh. I figured it would have been like, you know, maybe somebody much lower on the rung. I mean, (laughs) with all due respect, Chris Kattan had a moment in the sun. He had a movie. Yeah. Yeah, He got got an SNL movie. He got a few movies out of his SNL run back in the day. I mean, you know, Night at the Roxbury being probably Mm -hmm. the more notable, but then Monkey Bone. Monkey Bone. And uh, Corky Romano. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but those aren't based on well, no, they're no characters. Well, no, well, not not the other two, no. Yeah. But I mean, he got work, and yeah. they were theatrical releases of sorts, and yeah. he starred in them. But yeah, she dated Chris Kattan, it. and I'm like, yeah, okay. I didn't really want to keep talking about that though. So. <laughs> uh, I don't want to know about Chris Kattan. <laughs> but to bring this full circle with Batman, you ever go on FunnyOrDie.com? There's some bits in there that uh, Chris Kattan's dressed up as Bane and he's doing his old Tom oh. Hardy Bane impression. So okay. there's your Batman shit for that. All right. Good I'm, to know. I brought it together. You brought I it brought back. it all back around. There's a reason we were talking about that it, lady. I mean. Dating <laughs> Kevin Farley and then. I don't know if there really was that to all this. I mean, we talked about monkey bone and God damn it. I didn't want <laughs> to get throw on us this. Up, threw a real monkey bone into the works here. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I want to talk about Monkey Bone, dude. It's not worth our time, but we're still talking about Monkey when, Bone. When's our Monkey Bone episode, man? <laughs> I keep asking for a Monkey Bone episode. You know who did the artwork on this uh, book? The same guy who did artwork for Monkey Bone? Doubtful. The guy who drew I'm Monkey doubted. Bone. The guy who drew Monkey Bone. <laughs> doubt it. But no, the artist of Batman 89. We were talking about him before. Yeah, Joe Quinones. Joe Quinones. Yeah, the, the guy you who know him, spearheaded. We yeah, the guy who, yeah. I met him. We talked about that guy. Yeah. He remember spearheaded. From, everybody listening, remember from like 10 minutes before? Yeah. 20 minutes before? Yeah, but here we are. Here we're, 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 back. we're back to him. <laughs> um, but with uh, Joe Quinones, uh, you might have known him for his work that he's done for DC, for Marvel, for various other studios such as Boom. Um, Boom! Boom! He's did a lot of cover artwork. He's done for various, various characters. Um, clearly, he's done artwork for Batman. Mm-hmm. He's done artwork for Superman. He's done it for even like, you know, like for Harley Quinn, Batgirl. Even over on the Marvel side, he got Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Howard the Duck, Miss America. Mm-hmm. And then crossing over the various other titles, he's gotten to do artwork for like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, oh, I think... Now, now that you say that, mm-hmm. thinking about the artwork in the book here, I do remember like seeing covers and stuff for Buffy books that uh, that were this. <laughs> so yeah. I must I must have been looking at some Joe Quinone's, uh artwork. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely been around that block, man. He did man. that um, Firefly. Working. Man keeps working. Did Firefly Star Wars? Nice. 
Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I totally didn't even know that was him, but I'm was familiar it with it. Adaptation or like a continuation? It was like or? a continuation. That's cool. Yeah, nice. even like Bill and Ted. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. He's been bu- he's he's yeah. always been busy. He's always stays. and he's got some really he's got a great art style. Stays working, man. He stays working, and it goes without saying that he is a massive fan of the Tim Burton movies. Mm. That's uh, one of the his biggest passions. That's one of the I think one of his biggest inspirations in his career and his life was yeah. just. Batman being introduced to him, just like it was for us. Yeah. You know, and um, it shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to touch base, uh, to kind of go a little bit further on uh, Joe Quinones and his efforts to, you know, get Batman 89, you know, off the off the ground and get it running here. As, we, as we've already talked about, it's something that's been in the works for years. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 2015, him and the uh, writer Kate Leth, who we've talked about it before, they got with DC. They made the pitch. They wanted to do Batman 89. They wanted to do something that was in vain of, uh, at the time, they did the Batman 66 series mm-hmm. books. Right. So, and that was a continuation off of the Adam West Batman show, which was a success. Yeah. Like, that was a pretty hot title. That was selling. That made money. And they wanted to do something similar to that where they can do that with the Burton movies. Yeah. Because why not? There's a lot of untapped potential that he felt creatively could have been done and it would have been interesting. And he's not wrong. And, and yeah, there's... Uh a definite interest, I feel like, in, you know, like, th- th- these are eras of Batman that people, like, grew up with, and, yeah, why not give them a little piece of nostalgia of, like, what what maybe happened, you know, after, like, the, after Batman 66, after the series ended, what, what are some other, you know, stories that could be told with them, or Batman 89, what, what else can happen here? I'd like to see, like, maybe some other Batman stuff, like, it was comics on like you know maybe the nolan stuff maybe stuff in between you know dark knight and i guess batman was supposed to be retired but <laughs> you know well or you maybe know, between batman begins and dark knight or something like that yeah yeah or they could yeah they could do literally something in between mm-hmm. batman begins and the dark knight i or think give us um, a continuation after dark knight rises with uh, i was just yeah with yeah. john blake yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was just thinking that like yeah that'd be that'd be a hell of a content yeah. idea right there and maybe someday somebody will be you know, yeah. creative enough to kind of uh, pitch that and say, hey, let's do something with this. Yeah. You know, there's a wealth of things that we could do. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. It'd be different. And yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, th- that's the beauty of comics. Like you kind of mentioned earlier when you asked me, like with Big Trouble in Little China, was that a mm-hmm. continuation? That was a continuation. There's been continuations for Bill and Ted before uh, Face the Muse- Music ever came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been continuations for... Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, right? Uh, for Firefly, for yeah. like Buffy the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. Angel. Yeah. I mean, comics typically has always kind of introduced a continuation of stories with the next chapters, the next big adventures where these yeah. characters. It's typically a little bit more low key, unless you know you're in the mix of it. You you continually collect you know mm-hmm. titles every week, and you're like, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna pick that up, or yeah. you know, that's nice that they're doing it. Not for me. Like mm-hmm. they did a season eleven of Smallville that oh, introduced right. their version of Batman. Nice, cool. And how was it? Did you did you see it at all? I did. I did. Uh, Not we, for you. Well, I mean, we can we, we can, can cover we can, it. We can cover it someday, man. There's an idea right you there. Heard it here first, folks. Smallville, season eleven. Smallville, yeah. <laughs> Let's do that again because you you said it better. Smallville, season eleven, right yeah. here. You heard it first, yeah, from us, yeah. The men who will be doing it, <laughs> us, us, the chemical syndicate, <laughs> the Smallville yeah. syndicate. <laughs> in the original pitch, um, I think uh, there the only differences that we don't see in this current uh, title that we're going to be reviewing here was 
they did want to utilize Harley Quinn and, and Poison Ivy mm. in some form, okay. but yeah, they didn't. Yeah. So well, we get possible appearance of uh, Harleen Quinzel, Doctor Harleen Quinzel. I feel I've, uh, there's maybe we'll get to it as we like maybe go through the the story, but yeah, there's a possible uh, shout out to her, a little something, a little something, something. So, but for reasons unknown, DC passed on the idea. Mm-hmm. And back in 2019, there was an interview that I caught, or a little bit of a, a little bit of an update that I saw here from Jim Lee, who is the CEO. I'm sorry, the CCO mm. of DC Comics, Chief Creative Officer. Yeah, and he acknowledged that uh, many DC artists and writers have pitched doing a Batman Keaton era Batman series. I'm sorry, a Burton Keaton Batman series. I got my B's all mixed up. Sorry, I'll but never, I'll never forgive you for this. No, no. <laughs> And yet still no explanation was ever given why this idea was passed up on. So, you know, it's kind of weird. One thing I'm wondering is, are there any likeness rights that have to be paid out? Or are they changed just enough that, you know, like, you know, for like Gordon, like, do they change him just enough that they don't have to pay the estate (laughs) of Pat Hingle? The Hingle Hingle estate? (laughs) Yeah. Or like with, you know, the the Keaton uh, likeness in here. I mean, like, it... It looks very much like Keaton, but there's some stuff that's changed up, I feel, or it's, I don't know. I think I, don't know if they have to, I think that's a really good question to, yeah. to kind of pose. Like, is that a concern? Is that yeah. generally something where they're like, well, look, you can make somebody that looks like Batman and mm-hmm. Two-Face and Commissioner Gordon, but don't make them look like Keaton. Don't make them look like, right. you know, Pat Engel. Don't make them look yeah. like Billy D. All these things, like, I can see that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know how that works. Yeah. And I know that these people have been replicated artistically in a lot of other projects, like, you know, especially with Billy D and, like, you know, the Lando Calrissian right. stuff. Yeah, any of that Star Wars stuff, mm-hmm. really, like, you know, from Mark Hamill. Or well, especially Harrison if Alex Ford. Ross gets his hands on right. uh, doing yeah. some artwork for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, there's, once again, just, you know, at least to our understanding, there was just no reason for them to continue with the idea of this you know, this project ever coming to life. Right. It's weird. Yeah. However, February 2021, DC announces the Batman 89 series. It's going to finally come out. No, no real actual explanation as to what really prompted the positive decision. Maybe that they got Sam Hamm on board or? Uh, no, nothing really has come out. Okay. I, uh, one of the bits I did read was that it was suspected that they decided to do that as a way to coincide it with the Flash movie, considering that uh, <laughs> it could <laughs> oh, drop, yeah. coincide that with uh, Michael Keaton returning as Batman, Where's drum up some interest. Now? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> what is Michael Keaton now? We were supposed to <laughs> yeah. get Flash. We were supposed to get, get Batgirl. Batgirl. Man. He may have been in uh, He may have been in Aquaman. Aquaman. That should have been out, you know, or coming out this this. Uh, Man. We should have been getting Flash this month. Mm-hmm. As of this recording, it's November still. Yeah. It should have been out this month. Aquaman should have been out in December. Yeah, exactly. And then Batgirl as well in December. We should have had right. three appearances from Michael <laughs> Keaton within a span of like a month. Man. And for some reason, for the sake of, of the gods and their fury <laughs> towards us, we'll never know why we have been punished. <laughs> what did we get? Black Adam. <laughs> Yeah, the world asked for Michael <laughs> Keaton to return as Batman. What do we get? Black Adam. <laughs> Heroes don't quote. kill. Well, so does Keaton. Well, well, well Batman's Michael <laughs> Keaton does. I mean, the Keaton Michael. God damn it, whatever. The Keaton Batman does. Yeah, Keaton, ba- Keaton Batman's like, I, I kill. <laughs> did, I say Michael, did I say Michael Batman by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> Jumbling up. I'm all emotional about it. 
They're supposed to get all these returns from Michael Keaton in these movies. <laughs> Michael Batman, how? I'm a big fan of you. If you ever make Michael thank, Keaton. Thank you, Michael Batman. <laughs> Can I get an autograph, Michael Batman? Can you sign it as Michael Batman, please? <laughs> I would really appreciate that. <laughs> I'm a really big fan. <laughs> Give him a... That sounded like uh, Beetlejuice to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a really big fan. I'm a really big fan. If you can really sign us as Michael Batman, that'd be really <laughs> appreciated right now. <laughs> Go up to Warner Brothers. Nice fucking company model. <laughs> <laughs> Quick fun fact before we dive into the uh, story Ooh, of Batman 89. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's a fun fact. <laughs> Jerry Ordway, who's an artist, uh, worked on the comic adaptation of the 1989 Batman movie, contributed a variant cover for uh, the first issue of Batman. Oh, cool. And it's the, um, I don't know if you looked at some of the variant uh, artwork there. Yeah. Um, but it's Batman kind of swinging through, and you've got Two-Face kind of in the background in the uh, big sky. Let's look up. see. I am paging through right now. He is. He is literally paging through, but that's okay. Uh, oh, that one? Yep, that one. There mm-hmm. we go. Yeah. And for everybody listening at home, this does look like the artwork from uh, the adaptation of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> you heard it here. I guess first. <laughs> I gotta say, like, all the variant covers got me all uh, excited. Yeah. In places I, I do that like would this. excite me. The, the this big one the, with, uh, by uh, Julian Totino Tedesco. Yeah, with all the, the holes. Yeah. Or the, yeah. Pearls. I would imagine those are pearls. Pearls? Yeah, I, I, can, pearls. I can see those. I can see those. Okay. I never thought about them as pearls. I just yeah. like, oh, he's holy. Oh, my I, God. He's full of holes. <laughs> I love the, uh, the main artwork for. Uh, uh, the A cover artwork that's on the back of the book for uh, no, issue six. Yeah, it's like it's almost like a really dope movie poster. Yeah, it it, it is. It's like a for everybody listening. It's like a montage with you know big, you know like a head montage, pretty much like what you see in <laughs> posters now. Um, Batman, big at the top. We got cool looking Robin. Everybody's like painted very nicely, and now I can really see this. Winona Ryder on uh, <laughs> You can't Gordon. unsee yeah. it now, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, issue number, I would say issue number three is a really good dead giveaway for me. If you mm-hmm. look at the the, the uh, cover art for that one, it should uh, be when you get to, yeah, when you're in the middle of the page. Three. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Big time. Totally that. Yeah. Yeah, big time Winona Ryder vibes on yeah, that one. Totally. Yeah, Joe, Joe Quinones did a tremendous job, like, replicating likenesses for a lot of actors yeah. on this one. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it, like, it, w- with those ones, I can see it in inner chin and the eyes as well, like, big mm-hmm. eyes and like, very strong chin. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, and don't ask me to do an impression of her because I can't. <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to sell your name. I don't want to sell your name. So the um, title of, I guess, the overall story arc for this limited series is shadows mm. so i guess we can call this batman shadows batman 89 shadows no oh, you want to keep 89 in there huh yeah i suppose i guess if it was a movie they wouldn't say 89 <laughs> 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 damn right <laughs> yeah batman shadows batman shadows colon <laughs> <laughs> would there be a colon there would there be a colon probably or shadow shadow of the bat nah well nah. i mean that's uh, i think i think that was a, a storybook 
or story about well, a comic it was, book. Yeah, it was a it was a, it was a of the Dark Knight. Yeah, it was a yeah. title of a, of a series. Yeah. Shadow of the Bat. Oh right. Yeah. Batman. Ooh, shadows. Shadow Boy. <laughs> Shadow Boy. <laughs> Batman. Shadow Boy. <laughs> and much like any other Batman story, it all starts on Halloween. Yay! Bunch of freaks out on Halloween. <laughs> um, I mean. Kind of a, I know David, you wanted to kind of dive into like some of the more in that first issue, yeah. especially like some of the opening artwork where you've got the Halloween parade going on or some social gathering where yeah, there's like people a news, are yeah. Um, there's a, a, a news. Oh, bump the microphone here. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so yeah, there's like a, a newscast uh, and uh, a shot of yeah people out in costumes on Halloween, and it's just full of like Burton references. So like the um, the girl in the there's like a little girl trick or treating in in one of these pictures and it's I think this is supposed to be uh, somebody from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas I think it's uh, right it doesn't uh, the lady in Nightmare Before Christmas Jack Skellington's bow doesn't she oh, wear yeah, like a, yeah, a thing yeah, like that yeah, yeah. like a, a patchwork kind of shirt like so yeah colors and then we have um, uh, Winona Ryder in the red <laughs> wedding dress from Beetlejuice. Uh, we have one of the Mars attacks. Uh, <laughs> the, the Martians, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Martians in the lady makeup that he wore that seduced uh, Martin yeah, Short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have uh, we got uh, somebody in a Sons of the Batman from Dark Knight Returns uh, makeup. Uh, I think. I think this one guy here is supposed to be uh, from the Headless Horseman from Sleepy Hollow. Is he supposed to be uh, Johnny Depp in Sleepy Hollow? Yeah, Ichabod Crane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got, oh, we got an, another dude from Mars Attacks down here. Uh, the the boxer from Mars oh, Attacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His face uh, Jim Brown. Up. Yeah. Jim Brown's character, yeah. Yeah. His face is covered up uh, by a, a, a panel. Um and what else do we, oh we have a little kid in a penguin costume as Tim Burton's penguin <laughs> Danny DeVito's penguin um the man was a politician the man was a a, a future politician in Gotham had he not been derailed by uh, <laughs> Batman's efforts uh I, I think that's about it maybe this is supposed to be a headless horseman thing too no eh, maybe the, the, it's the, got the pumpkin head, pumpkin head maybe but there's definitely a lot of references yeah. in these opening pages just to kind of chew up and to get it, into. It, it definitely tickled me when I <laughs> when I started reading it. I did I did spend a little bit of time just going through and be like, oh, look at that, look at that, look at that. It's a lot of great references in this book. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. Um, but, yeah, and then with other characters in the uh, during this situation being dressed up as Joker and Batman. Yeah. So you had some copycats there. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, I, th- there was a big reference here too. One of the Joker people is dressed up as the Prince, yeah, uh, Joker, <laughs> like yeah, Gemini Man, uh, uh, Joker. Actually, Gemini, not Gemini Man. That's Will Smith. Gemini Man. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't talking about Gemini Man. <laughs> but yeah, Prince Gemini. That's it's 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 dope stuff. It's really yeah. cool, like references that you get. And yeah. Just a credit to the you know I guess. Not only to the artwork, but just the creative ideas of yeah. just trying to fit in all these homages to yeah. and, the movies that this you know these guys clearly love. And, and the idea that you know, like it was so public, Joker 
yeah, that Joker Batman fight was very public, you know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He was, Joker was throwing out money in that first movie, and Batman came through on his uh, bat plane. Everybody saw it. Um, and so, obviously, yeah, there would be people that are dressing up like both of them because they're just, they're cool looking characters. <laughs> but they're just. Although, I mean, Joker, I guess, is a, I mean, psychopaths. So oh, know he's who, a monster. People, <laughs> I don't know how many people would actually. Oh, he's a vicious gangster. <laughs> But this all kind of comes back around a little bit later on, mm-hmm. but actually right away. Uh, <laughs> there's, of course, a, a attempted robbery, you know, a heist yeah. on a, a little armored vehicle and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And uh, Batman's there to foil it. Yes. Nice introduction to the Bat. Yeah. And they kind of introduce that he's in contact, you know, consistently with Gordon. So he's working alongside him, which yeah. is very Batman to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it- Working a little bit more with Gordon than he does in the other in the actual Burton movies, like especially in Batman Returns, he kind of just is like real gruff to Gordon. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just doesn't really talk to him. They, you don't get a sense that they're actually working together. It's more just like Gordon just can't control Batman. You know, <laughs> like right, just, right. Which I think Batman's kind of do what he's going to do. Which I think tends to be kind of like you know one of the main themes of. The yeah. story in a way too about yeah. Batman and his vigilanteism and his, his crusade. Yeah. And uh during the whole melee of this robbery, you got the Jokers and the people dressed up like Batman. They're yeah. all they're starting a riot, they're fighting it up. Yeah, they're using the riot almost as like a, a cover for what they're yeah. actually doing, which is like trying to rob this this bank pretty much. Uh they're transferring money in a, in trucks and then they're trying to steal that money. Thirty one million dollars. And during all of this, you've got old pretty boy, (laughs) handsome Harvey Dent. (laughs) Handsome Harv. Handsome Harv on a date with his gal, the daughter of Commissioner (gasps) Gordon. Scandalous. Scandalous. (laughs) Old Barbara Gordon, old Babs. And he's getting ready to pop the question. Yeah. He gives her a little coin flip there to decide. (laughs) You leave your marriage up to chance. (laughs) <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> Gives her a trick coin, double-headed, double-headed coin. Yeah, he, he gets her. He gets her. He gets the girl that way. <laughs> and, you know, of course, he foils, I think, like a, yeah, I think a, one of the, like a, I think basically like a robbery attack on them. Yeah. And you kind of see how attentive Harvey Dent is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, no. I, oh no, he's just stopping one of the rioters. Yeah. Right? He he. Um, Batman takes out the the people that are robbing the um mm. the 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 money trucks, and in the process, kind of he sends a helicopter into a building <laughs> and blows up a part of a building. Um, oh, that's right. Because <laughs> that, that comes into play a little bit later. Um, but then there, Harvey and, uh, and Barbara are on the street, and while while there's looting and stuff going on. And uh, uh, one of the Joker people come by and take Barbara's purse. And yeah, yeah. Harvey goes after him and confronts him and wrestles a gun away from him and scares him off. Um, so was I incorrect about calling it a robbery? No, no, no. You, you weren't incorrect about calling it a robbery. I thought you said that uh, Batman came and stopped no, the robbery. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to open up my ears, listen a little bit better. <laughs> and you know what? Don't even re-listen to this. I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you get a little bit of taste of Harvey's kind of, uh, you know, he's cunning. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's he can fend for himself. Yeah, there's, there's a, not necessarily a mean streak in him, but there's, you know, he can, he can be tough. Big Bad Harv. Big Bad Harv. Oh, I love Big Bad Harv. Big Bad Harv, baby. <laughs> um, all of this, of course, is, you know, it's 
frustrating for the old DA. And uh, in this story as well, Barbara Gordon actually works for the GCPD in, a, in some form yeah, or another. She's, yeah, something. Detective? Yeah, Sergeant? She's, yeah, know. she's up there. Yeah. And she's uh, got a bit, of, a bit of a, you know, sour relationship with her father. Yeah, hasn't spoken to him in a while. And uh, Dent is anti-Batman mm, yes. in this, you know, story now. And mm-hmm. I guess things have gone kind of, you know, pretty sour there as well. Yeah. And with the association with Gordon and Batman, he doesn't think much of old Commissioner Gordon either. So right. uh, he's going to be on a crusade to take down Batman. Yeah. And go against Commissioner Gordon. He wants yeah. To, if I'm remembering it correctly, he, he wants to, he wants Gordon to be, he wants to push Gordon out as well. Yeah. He, he wants to push Gordon out. And one of his suspicions is that Gordon's got like a team of right. mercenaries that are Batman. Yeah, that and Batman's not one guy. He's a ye- bunch of guys that yeah. Gordon has ha- hired. Yeah. That, that's very interesting because he's like, there's no way one man can do all this stuff. <laughs> right. And throughout the, 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 the first few issues too, you know, him and Barbara are kind of like really going back and forth of like how they think this could work for yeah. a guy. Like, you know, to have all this high tech stuff because at one point mm-hmm. they get their hands on one of his batterings. Right. The, the ones that, you know, the, the one that you see and I think in Batman Returns where he uses It's on, like a guided one. It's guided and it comes, yeah, b- yeah, literally like a boomerang and comes back. Yeah. And they're testing it out and, uh, you know, they're kind of talking about like, well, clearly, you know, whoever this is is well-funded. Right. And they've got high tech that is not accessible to anybody else. So mm-hmm. they're it's nice because, you know, they're being sensible and discovering and kind of really contemplating like what would – like who is Batman – what does it take to be this, right. you know, skilled and to get away with this every single time? Yeah. It's rather clever that they address, like, they, I thought it was pretty smart. Like, yeah. Because um, it's not something you necessarily see in the other two movies. Like, nobody's really trying to figure out necessarily who no. Batman is, you know? I don't think no, nobody really cares. They're yeah. just like, oh, a guy dressed up as a bat. Some other freak here in Gotham. Right, yeah. Um, there, I think in one of the other issues as well, there's... um. Which I thought was really kind of a fascinating transition from issue one to issue two, I think, mm-hmm. where uh, I think Batman's out on patrol. He catches a young man right. robbing a store. Yeah, follows him back home. Follows him back home. He gets his own ass kicked, though, by a, a vigilante. Yeah. A masked vigilante. Yeah. hooded vigilante. Who could he be? Who knows? Yeah. He does have partially yellow cape. Yeah. And... During this time period as well, Dent has decided to call in the National Guard since right. the GCPD is clearly not – doesn't have the means to stop not only Batman but to also stop, you know, such big events like, right. you know, this big, big uh, heist. Yeah, this big bank heist and the looting that's happening that are interconnected. But Yeah. And in the event of, uh, you know, Batman being taken out by – uh, this vigilante, he gets the attention of some of the National Guardsmen that are there. Mm-hmm. They start opening fire, but one of the shots hits this young robber. Yeah. And that collateral damage. Yeah. yeah, collateral damage. And it does have one of my, I guess, I thought this was a pretty heavy page or a pretty heavy line. Yeah. And I I had to write it down because I'm like, I think this is a very, you know, this is like a very turning page moment yeah. in like, I guess, in Batman's kind of career. Right. In this universe. And he says to Alfred when he gets back, he's got the mask off, he's got the gloves off, mm-hmm. he's just sitting there, you know, sulking, and he's just like, I screwed up, Alfred. This time, I really, well and truly screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he got somebody he got somebody killed because he was, he didn't want to give himself up. If he, if he gave himself up, they wouldn't have 
shot at him. He, although it's partially the other dude's fault. He was like out on the thing, like looking like, what's yeah, happening? <laughs> yeah, he was taking a look out, but yeah. you know, still, you know, you got, yeah, but still National Guardsmen just opening fire though. And that's, and, that's the other thing too. Yeah. yeah. Was, I mean, they, they were blinded Batman threw like a, a flashbang. Yeah. And, and they were all blinded and they were just kind of firing blindly up towards them. So, so it's, everybody's got a, a hand in here. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of moving pieces, Yeah, but I think it's clever. I think it kind of comes yeah. together and, you know, you don't really believable that could happen too. Because I don't think you get that in like the first or second movie where an innocent person dies and Batman takes mm-hmm. a moment to like really assess like was this my fault? Right. You know, like you think about like maybe one of the more gruesome scenes in in the in the Batman movie was Joker killing a you know an art museum restaurant full of people. Right. He yeah. gassed him. Yeah. And the only person that lived was you know Vicky Vale. Batman mm-hmm. saved her, but like. If he was aware of these other ones, could he have saved them? I, right. You know, I mean, you don't really stop and let, watch him yeah. think about the deaths that, you know, as more famously, you know, in like The Dark Knight Returns, that the deaths that he caused by by allowing right. the Joker to live. Yeah. You know, a um, little elements like that that I that comes to mind for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was really, you know, interesting. I thought yeah. that was a nice, interesting term because one of the themes throughout the story all the way to the very end is – should he continue his crusade as Batman? Right. You know, are things better? Right. You know, yeah. he does say at one point, if uh, if I really thought I was doing more harm than good, I'll give it up. Because mm-hmm. like uh, I think Alfred is you know confronting him about about something, and yeah, so that's one of those things where you you can see like he is thinking about this stuff. He is thinking like, am I on 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 uh, balance? Am I doing more more good or bad? So. And a part of me always like, and a part of me like, as I'm reading this too, I'm thinking of like, man, if this very specific story was something that was, you know, around, because I'm going to go ahead and jump right to it. I don't think this would have been a story that would have been developed by somebody like Sam Ham back in like the right, early yeah. 90s. There's or a lot mid-90s. of contemporary stuff. Yeah. You know, contemporary themes in that, um, that Sam Ham is writing about that, yeah, you probably wouldn't necessarily be writing about back then. It wasn't definitely part of the commentary yeah. that was broadly addressed back in the day. Yeah. Not like, you know, not like how things can be now. Right. And I doubt that he would have been the one to think, I can write about this. <laughs> right. I was thinking about that as I was reading it. <laughs> so, like, uh, for, for everybody uh, listening, there there is a, um, not so not so overtly, that's necessarily said, but there is a racial element to it where, you know, Harvey Dent talks about there being two Gothams um, and how he grew up in, in or has experience in both of them. He grew up on in Burnside, which is like a um, predominantly black neighborhood. And then he's also part of like the high society because he's the um, district attorney. So he kind of rubs elbows with, you know, the elite of Gotham. And uh, there, there's a lot of like, um, uh, there's like protests and clashes with the police or the National Guard um, that really bring to mind like the the, the protests of 2020 that we had, um, the George Floyd uh, mm. stuff. Um, so I, I, I really do feel like Sam Hamm is like trying to kind of dig into that and try to use that as like a um, something to, to give a little bit more meat to to the story here. And I don't necessarily blame him, you know, for doing mm-hmm. that. That's, I mean, I I think he's coming from like a good place, but also at the same time, he's he's a white dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, I, I don't yeah, know that's... if he's really giving me any necessarily insight into it. You know, it's like I I agree with his sentiments pretty much, um, but 
And, and, you know, I'll give him some credit for at least doing it. For trying it, yeah. Yeah, he's trying it. He's giving it a go. And honestly... Yeah. And using, the, you know, Batman to just like talk about something deeper than, than just Batman right. versus Two-Face, you know? Right. And, you know, versus like... And this is why this is, you know, questionable at best because you don't have the important filter of them all, Tim Burton, reading this and be like, oh... We're going to talk about that. That's boring to me. Let's <laughs> yeah. put in some flippers. Um, <laughs> let's get a giant rubber duck in this. Thing. Let's get a giant rubber duck in there. You know, I mean, like, uh, you know, for, for you know, in, in hindsight, you can look at, like, what Tim Burton's vision was of Batman and mm-hmm. he, too, was being cartoony in a much more darker sense. Yeah. And you, I think, as a consummate Batman fan, I... I get it, but I'm into more serious Batman. I want him yeah. grounded as best as possible. Yeah. This was a really grounded take. Yeah. And to give Harvey Dent, the Billy D. Williams version of Harvey Dent, that mm-hmm. kind of background where he, that was his upbringing. Yeah. There's two different sides to this guy. Yeah. You know, there's the high society type. There's mm-hmm. the one that grew up in that element as well with the, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 in the more uh, – how should I say lower focused neighborhoods if that makes any sense I don't know yeah. how to, I don't know how to word things today um <laughs> but like you know him even like with like with his old mentor his old you know uh, father figure Otis yeah. you know uh, I think it was a Jerome Otis right yeah um kind of giving him like you know some slack for not coming around as often right. yeah he's a handsome guy is poking fun at him for that and yeah. you know just questioning his motives about why he wants to put his attention on Burnside now yeah and you know, there's there's a lot of really cool elements. I really think that it's fascinating because it does add a whole new layer to this version of Harvey Dent yeah. of Two Face. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when you do talk about like this guy who grew up with with less and now has a lot, and he's mm-hmm. gonna be called Two Face. Right. Yeah. What does that mean for for a black man? You know, like uh, Billy D. Williams is a black man, um, and I think it is cool that that Sam Ham actually kind of dug into that. Like, this is specifically this version of Two-Face. Like, this mm-hmm. is the Billy D. Williams version of Two-Face. So what is it about Billy D. Williams that maybe you can get into that is different from, you know, just a white version? <laughs> you know, any other version that we've seen? Yeah. Where he's just like a white guy like Tiny Lee Jones or Aaron Eckhart or something like that. And like, to, what, what pushes his buttons? What makes right, him Big yeah. Bad Harv? Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, being, being a black man in America can definitely pull you in, in two different directions. Uh, uh, you know, I, I not think, that I'm any expert on this. Not how would I know? Well, no, no. You, you're <laughs> from, na- look, you're a Native American dude. I'm an I'm a yeah. half Arab kid. I mean, what, yeah. what do we what, what do we know? We're not <laughs> right, we're yeah. not we're not of the community. Yeah. I've got you know friends. Oh God, that sounds awful saying it out loud. It sounds like <laughs> hey, oh, like, I got friends. Hey, back. I've got black friends. <laughs> look, with all due respect, and it's like I'll have like these open, honest conversations and say like I'm out of my element saying it, mm. but. I do find it fascinating. I feel like I see certain correlations and some cultural elements. Um, and I think it's cool. I think it's different. Yeah. And I will commend Sam Hamper at least going that route. Yeah. Would this have been a direction he would be able to go down back in like the right. mid-90s to write this sort yeah. of script? No, nobody would. Yeah. No, People would look nobody's at this. Nobody's trying movie like, to see that movie. <laughs> right. Nobody's trying to see that Batman movie yeah. back in like the mid-90s, which Let's is unfortunate got- because I feel like. I feel like they could do it. Let's give it to John Singleton. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a cool oh, that'd be something. 90s Batman movie by John uh, Singleton? A Spike Lee joint. A Spike Bat- Lee joint, yeah. <laughs> Batman Shadows. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd go see that, man. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be interested. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, yes, uh, I think, um, not to segue this long into it, but I, this was actually kind of like something I really did want to kind of tap into because yeah. this is one of the elements I liked. This was one mm-hmm. of the aspects of the story that I thought was – 
uh, like you said, contemporary, it's modern, it's yeah. more subjective to like the current events, yeah. not so much of like, even though it's kind of funny, like a lot of the shit that we've dealt with in recent years yeah. are just boiled over issues that have always been there. And, and too, there's, there's the elements too of, um, the, the Batman fan club that's, that's running around, um, where to me, they, they come off as like the, um, I don't know, almost like Proud Boys or... I was going to say, is it almost like how police officers correlate themselves with the Punisher or the yeah. Marines with the Punisher? Yeah. And they wear the, the the big skull and it's like, you guys don't know much about the Punisher, do you? <laughs> right, yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, He's going to do what's right. No one's going to stand <laughs> in his way. What? You, you know, he's against you as a police officer, right? You know he doesn't believe in what you do, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that character inherently is against what you do. <laughs> yeah. He wants to do his own thing. Yeah. He wants to dole out his own justice. He's not a good dude. <laughs> yeah. Don't look up to the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, 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 the Batman fan club that that's going around and like, there's, you know, uh, moments where they're talking about like during some, some of the protests or whatever, where they're, they're saying that they're um, in these neighborhoods to protect the stores or to protect whatever. Um, and you know, that they're just there to just like start some shit and even, you know, one group of them is about to rob one of the stores, even though they say that yeah. they're there to protect these stores. And then, um, you know, one of the guys is like, hey, look, there's a, they call it a game station. It's supposed to be a PlayStation. <laughs> a game <laughs> a station. A new Sorny. <laughs> <laughs> Genuine magnet box. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he's like, hey, look at this. It's just right there. I can pick this lock. No problem. And one of the guys is like, hey, man, aren't we supposed to like be protecting this stuff? Or what, what about the cops? And then the, the other guy is like, hey, man, we're here helping them. They, they're they not going to mind this. And I feel like a lot of the people that you would see at, at those protests that are bringing guns and are just you know, Kyle Rittenhouse. You know, it's, right, it's that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically that. Somebody that's inserting themselves into this situation. You have no business. This isn't your yeah, fight. You're, exactly. not, you're not authorized to be doing this. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't yeah. be part of this. Yeah. I understand how you feel. Mm-hmm. But you also might be, you know, on the wrong side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's it's nuts to kind of correlate a lot of that with the real life events in recent years. Right. And, yeah, I mean, I think he's given the outlet to tell the story now. I don't know. Even in the comic form back in the mid-90s, I don't know how much you could touch on something of that nature. Yeah. So, all in all, though, I think, like I said, it's one of the um, – one of the themes of this story that I thought was original, it was yeah. refreshing, and I liked it. I liked the, this take for Harvey Dent to have yeah. that background. Yeah, definitely. And all of this really does help also introduce um, Drake Winston. Yeah. Or Winston Drake. Yeah, Drake Winston. Drake Winston, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it could go either way. I'm like, all right. Uh, but no, Drake Winston, <laughs> yeah. um, who is a young mechanic working for uh, Jerome Auto, uh, Otis's uh, body shop. Yeah. And uh, auto body shop. And uh, you get introduced to him. He's really... You know, um, spoiler alert, that's Robin. <laughs> yeah, he's Robin. He's Marlon Robin. He's Marlon, he's Marlon Wayans. He's Robin. And you're given some aspects to him. He's being given a little bit more of a focal point of mm-hmm. he's intelligent. He's an intelligent young man. Yeah. You know, he's probably too smart for his own good or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, he can, you know, kind of verbally combat you. Yeah. As and well as physically combat you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's given a, a really huge push, as uh, yeah. Russell Speak will go. And, and um, <laughs> he's given a huge, huge push in the story that he's a smart kid. Mm-hmm. He sees the tensions in his neighborhoods, yeah. in his, you know, community versus like how the uh, higher class of Gotham, you right. know, 
doesn't participate in trying to make a difference. Yeah. And, you know, he's kind of, I don't know, like he's obviously on a different, he's, he's a different version of Harvey Dent. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, in, in, a, in a way he'll have the opportunity to, to live lavishly or to be partnered up with somebody like Bruce Wayne, but mm-hmm. he still chooses to be himself. Yeah. He wants to operate his own way. He wants things done differently. Money does not, there's things that money ain't going to fix. And he's, I think, established a lot of like those ideals early on in his introduction and yeah. in how he speaks to other characters like Harvey Dent and all that. Right, right. Um, but we do get a nice introduction to him and, and kind of going back with the uh, that robbery, uh, the attempted robbery on the storefront, yeah. um, that does involve him. Yeah, yeah. Batman follows the, the robber back to the house and uh, confronts the, the robber in his house, realizes that uh, the thief has not taken any money. He's taken diapers and food for his baby. Um, his young sister. Yeah, for his, his young sister, yes. Yeah. And... Uh, um, that's where he, uh, Robin, confronts him, mm-hmm. confronts Batman, and kind of they tussle for a little bit, and um, and Robin actually gives the dude who the robber um, some money because he he knows that he you know he's down on his luck and he needs help or whatever. Yeah. And this is where the National Guard finds Batman. Yeah, and, and the tragedy, and then, yeah, the tragedy then, occurs. Yeah, and this, the young man gets gets killed. And essentially, you know, yeah, so he's got his own you know, sort of side things that he's got going on that he's mm-hmm. out there fighting his fight right. and getting getting in the in the mud. Getting yeah. his hands in the mud. <laughs> and his hands into the film. Yeah. <laughs> so you can keep yours clean. And then um he uh essentially, you know, obviously stopped the attempted robbery, uh those little, you know, phony Batman wannabes. Yeah. And they come back to get a little bit of revenge later on. Yes. Yeah, they come um, back and to set the uh, auto body shop yeah. on fire, and this is all while a while a you know protest is going on, mm-hmm. and and uh, um, Dent has given a speech that mm-hmm. we're shown like two <laughs> two basically two sentences from, yeah. and then told later on how great of a speech it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good trick there, Sam, where you don't have to actually write a good yeah, speech. You, you just tell people, write, yeah. <laughs> just have people tell you how good it was. That was um, a great speech. Thanks. <laughs> I didn't have to actually write it. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, uh, th- this is kind of where, where we're going to see the birth of Two-Face. In a sense, yeah. Yeah, you're going to get that. Um, prior to that, though, as, uh, you know, uh, the fire's going on, mm-hmm. Bruce is there, for, you know, kind Bruce of... Bruce grabs a ski mask out of the trunk of his car, mm-hmm. doesn't get into full regalia, he just kind of throws on a ski but mask. But he attempts to stop these, uh, you know, uh, Batman wannabes, mm-hmm. and in that tussle, we get the return of Catwoman. Which Meow. Meow. And, uh... In that the uh, the melee of the fire going on, um, you know, Dent turns his attention to that, mm-hmm. and he wants to go and save. You know, he knows that Drake is in there, so he yeah. wants to go save the kid. Gets in there, can't find him, but he gets trapped in the falling debris from yeah. the fire, and that's the you know kind of the, that was the end of issue. That was the end of issue two, I think. Yeah, right? I think yeah. So. And as we see, Dent is laying on the ground. We see some. I don't know what it is, gas or something. Yeah, it uh, looks like, I think, battery acid battery was, was acid, leaking sort of towards yeah. him, yeah. Oh, almost kind of reminiscent of Dark Knight when the, the, gas, the gas yeah, yeah is uh, uh, going onto the half of Harvey's face. That's going to burn him up. Yeah. And then we kind of get a little bit of a a little bit of a different uh, situation yeah, this, this going on. this threw me for a minute. When oh, I, dude, big time. Yeah, when, it, when, I, when I started reading uh, Chapter 3, you get... Uh, 
Den- walking out there saving Drake. Hero, yeah, so we got Drake over his shoulders, walking out. Everybody's congratulating him. Becomes the hero. Yeah, rides that to the governor's mansion. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they bust, uh, they bust Bruce Wayne as being the benefactor of the Batman mercenaries. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, then you're like, wait a minute, there, there really were Batman mercenaries. I mean, it, it yeah. just throws you through a loop. Like, did they really just do a time jump on yeah. you? Oh man, and it you was get, like the weirdest thing. Yeah, it says a year later, and yeah, Harvey's governor now, and he's confronting all the, um, the organized crime and heads of state or whatever that are all there. He's like, we're, I'm not, you're not on the payroll any longer. There's no, nobody. We're not afraid of you anymore. Um, we're gonna do this my way. Yeah, we're doing it my way. And then, <laughs> reality. Going to find out. It's a dream. It's all <laughs> it's just all one big hallucination. <laughs> this dude's this dude's getting dragged out of there yeah, by Bruce, Bruce and, and uh, Drake, and, Drake, and uh, yeah. Dent comes to, and everybody's just horrified Everyone's looking at him, puking their guts out. <laughs> That's what I feel because there were so many people that were like, ah, oh. oh yeah, yeah. And then it's a pretty graphic scene. Yeah, yeah then, his, his just face is all fucked up. He's, oh yeah, he's got his his second face now. <laughs> he's got a second face because he's two face. It's his destiny. It's destiny to have two faces. <laughs> um, a pretty interesting way to die, you know, I guess, to get to Two Face in that yeah. manner. Um, you know, that's the journey. Yeah, you know, he tries to do something heroic, and it gets him gets him, yeah. you know, disfigured. Yeah, poor guy. Sucks to be him. <laughs> uh, but with that whole experience in the hospital, when he's in the hospital, he starts developing or starts hearing his inner self. Yeah. And then he starts going into, and this is a concept I thought was rather interesting as well throughout the story was them developing like this idea that there's a multiverse. Yeah. That was interesting too. A multiverse of ways things could have gone. Yeah. That that was an interesting way of getting into the duality of Two-Face himself of why he might uh, (laughs) be, uh, (laughs) why he might be, uh, you know, flipping his coin all the time and relying on that to, um, make his decisions for him. Yeah, as you were talking about, he, in his kind of delirious state while he's in the um, hospital, his two-faced self, his big bad Harv self, <laughs> starts ta- <laughs> talking about um, the multiverse and how... Like what, what, what your life would have been like if your mom had lived from the car yeah. accident or if you would have gone to this school. Yeah, or, if you or that hallucination that you had is a glimpse of your life if you were a hero, you know, if you actually, if this didn't happen to you. And how everything splits off into two, you know, every decision that you make, there's two ways that it could go. And um, each one is going to be a branching universe, you know, so kind of the, the quantum theory kind of thing of, of parallel universes. Um, and uh, so now so now Harvey's just kind of like, it's a 50-50 shot. I don't know, you know, I, I can't really make a decision for what I want to do, so... Give me the give me my coin. He tells Barbara, and he marks up one side of the coin so that he mm-hmm. can flip it and have a have a have a choice made for him. You know, yeah, just kind of follow the coin. Yeah, and it's the way the universe wants you to go. Yeah, so it's a it's a really uh, it's a very unique take. It's a very unique way to way to go there because uh, once again, it's kind of like. You think to yourself, is this really where they would have gone years ago on that? Right, yeah. Or it would have been very cut and dry, like, ah, I'm just, I've always had half of me has always been a piece of shit. <laughs> right, um, yeah. <laughs> but in this one, it's like he's truly split on, like, you know, he just had something horrific yeah. happen to him. He's c- 
completely delirious. Yeah. You know, you've got someone like Bruce Wayne's offering to get him plastic surgery, trying to take yeah. care of him. You know, all these people that care for him because he's, you know, all, all things considered, a very likable person. Yeah. People like him. Yeah. And Bruce still, even though even though he wants to take down Batman, Bruce understands and still wants to take care of him. Yeah. Because he knows he's a hero. He's he's worth, mm-hmm. he's more good for Gotham than, you know, than anything else. Yeah. And um, to go that route where he's having this traumatic internal struggle of like, what is my life? What, what, what could have been yeah. this way or what could have been that way? Yeah. And now... You know, things are all jumbled up. Where do I go from here? What's next? Well, let the coin decide. That's what's next. Yeah. Yeah. So they introduce like these mul- the multiverse of situations that could have happened in your life. So that's <laughs> another interesting thing, yeah. too. And the multiverse is hot right now. It is hot. It's a hot <laughs> commodity, brother. Um, we get a little bit of catching up from uh, from Batman to, you know, find Catwoman and figure out mm-hmm. what's going on. Why yeah. is she back in Gotham? Right. They've transitioned this version of Selena Kyle from being the uh, jilted and uh, overworked, you know, secretary gone mad mm-hmm. to, it seems like she's over that, but her real beef now is not just sort of with one billionaire, you know, it's now with all white collar crimes. Yeah. So she's gone on to target them and she's got a bigger goal in her, you know, focus of what she's done, what her endeavor is. Yeah. Taking the, um, now that she's taken out Max Truck. <laughs> now she's like, I'm going after all, all of the white collar criminals. Which she does challenge Bruce too. She challenges yeah. him for his privilege and his wealth and mm-hmm. what he represents and what he's blind to seeing yeah. the, the bigger issues are. Yeah, he, she she talks about the beginning bank heist that he foils, saying that pretty much that you know she's protecting these uh, the rich people. You know, he, he's kind of protecting the, uh, the these white collar criminals. Um, saving their money while he's letting kind of the um, uh, lower income or uh, impoverished people of, of Gotham kind of still rot, you know, even though he's he's a billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. So it, or a millionaire. Is he a millionaire in the 90s? Um, I, I think so. I don't know. He's rich. <laughs> that's that's one thing for sure. He's rich. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, once again, you're taking a more modern, you know, addressed issue and really kind of going heavy on that. Mm-hmm. Because now you're you're evolving Catwoman into that kind of figure, which is kind of funny too. Because you know traditionally Catwoman's trying to get rich. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know th- this kind of is also taking a page from uh, Dark Knight Rises. Catwoman, you know, she was she was about um, robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. <laughs> I don't know about. Kind of I mean, kind of. But I, I mean, she definitely had a strong. She had a strong negative opinion about the elites. Yeah, that's true. So she definitely did not appreciate their life like who they were and what they represented and what they didn't do for the city um whereas i think she definitely still wanted to get what was hers and Mm -hmm. move on yeah so this one though i think has transitioned to a complete like you know kind of a very alternative type of hero that has different methods of how she wants to achieve and what she thinks the bigger fight's all about yeah which does differ from like batman's very uh i guess he's kind of all over the place you know this you know he's gonna go with He's going to go after whoever's doing absolute wrong right, and yeah. evil. Yeah, you know? he's kind of almost almost not discerning. You know, he's just kind of going after what's the – who's doing bad, I'll take him out. Yeah. 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 There's no big picture, kind of like what you get with like Christian Bale's Batman where mm-hmm. his big picture was taking out the mob. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I mean – That's it. Yeah, sometimes I mean it's it, when you got a goal orientated like character, it's interesting because it's like it makes them one track. Yeah. 
whereas you know it doesn't make them as diverse. So the, it's a very once again you, you go from an already different Catwoman to another already different Catwoman <laughs> with the same Catwoman. Yeah, yeah, if that makes any sense <laughs> at this point. Um, you do get a little bit of a more um once again you get a little bit more taste of uh, Drake Winston mm-hmm. being you know formidable and being you know, clever enough to kind of outwit the police with yeah. the, the spray cans and helping out the protesters yeah, and stuff yeah, like there's, that. There's a protest and, uh, yeah, yeah, Drake Winston, uh, he, what, what is it? He like, he, he throws something at, was it like a bag of paint? A bag of, <laughs> it was a bag of spray paint. Yeah. And it hits one of the, one of the cop cars or, uh, something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, then he gives everybody in the crowd, uh, bag full of spray paint <laughs> yeah and i forget what the uh weird way that they utilized that to uh combat but it yeah. was like eh, okay i mean it's something it's, yeah. once again he's kind of like going out there doing his thing being a leader and all that yeah um it wouldn't be a two-faced story without there being a oh yeah the spray paint was to spray the um the masks of the the riot police so that they can oh, see yeah that is actually kind of clever yeah they can't see shit if they're blinded like that they gotta yeah. take the helmets off then See, that's the sort of thing you got to give ideas to for, uh, you know, actual protesters. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it wouldn't be a, uh, a story involving Two-Face and uh, without him escaping at hospital. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. He's got to get out of there. We got one in Batman the Animated Series. We got one in Dark Knight. <laughs> He's got to get out of that hospital. He's got to get out of that hospital. Listen, I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't need no skin grafts. I don't need any help. <laughs> I'm Leave Two-Face me now. I'm two-faced This now. is my thing. <laughs> this is my thing. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, everything hurts. <laughs> oh, there, there was one kind of cool explanation where they talked about Harvey being on uh, maybe painkillers or whatever, like, medicines that he's mm-hmm. on was making him a little more psychotic than, you know, what he might normally be. Um, and, like, kind of just, like, warping his mind a little bit so that he, why he's not in his right mind and why he's making these these weird choices of... You know, flipping his coin and shit. And another thing too that was like brought up um, early on when he went through the incident, like it was brought up by Bruce. It was brought up by like you know other people mm-hmm. um, about how breathing in those fumes basically yeah. put a little bit of a how should you say a a dead. I don't know if I'm not deadline. Um, I don't know. It gives him like a limit, like a little bit of a. Oh man, what's the word I'm thinking of? You know, he's got a short time to live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's yeah, got an expiration the, date. Yeah, breathing yeah. in the battery acid. It's not good. Yeah, like in six months he could just drop dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're already kind of like giving him like more or less a dead man's mission. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. So which I thought was kind of pretty. Con- I mean, yeah, dude just went through that horrible kind of horrific incident. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me that all he's going to get away with is just a scarred face? Right. <laughs> That's bad, but. Yeah. Dude was like breathing in battery acid, so yeah. there's got to be a lot more to it. And he's yeah. coughing throughout the whole story. He's got right, these yeah. physical ailments, so mm-hmm. they're pretty consistent on that. Yeah, you do get um, kind of eventually, finally, an interaction with uh, Drake and Bruce mm-hmm. when Drake went to go visit him, and uh, you kind of learn that his family used to have their own automotive kind of mm-hmm. business back in the day that was bought out by Wayne Motors. Yeah, Wayne, uh, Bruce's yeah. grandpappy. They yeah. Brought, brought out the, yeah. So you get a little bit more background on that, I guess. Mm-hmm. That, I don't think it ever really came back either. Yeah, not really. No. But you get a little connection between the two of them and how, yeah. how you know, the rich really do push around the poor, you know. Right. And it just gives Bruce another um, 
perspective on what his mission is, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the confrontation, you got Drake kind of like, you know, busting out Bruce for having witnessed him take out some of those uh, bat mm-hmm. wannabes yeah. when he was, you know, kind of doing that. And, of course, Bruce is like, well, you know, who did it? It was Catwoman. Yeah. And Drake got a good hearty laugh out of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they kind of get into it a little bit more. And uh, was it Drake threatens him with a uh, Oh, yeah, with a, battery the same, acid. The yeah. same battery acid. The very that, same acid that made us the way we are today. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's funny, like, they do a, a little bit of back and forth, and eventually Drake tosses the uh, battery acid at Bruce, and mm-hmm. it, and then I think uh, you come to find out it was water. It was just water. It was just water. He was just having a goof. He was having a goof. <laughs> but that was enough to, like, hint Drake, like, officially, like, yeah, you're Batman. You've got moves. Yeah. You do this. You do that. Yeah. And um, and it, interesting, you know, like, in in the character's name, Drake Winston, a a combination of both Tim Drake who figured out who Batman was through moves that he saw, uh, you know, uh, the old Robin and, and Batman, um, do, (laughs) (laughs) um, and also, um, isn't it, is it Duke Winston is the one from, uh, zero year? Um, yeah, I think I know Duke. Um, is that right? I forget. Oh, it's been a minute. I don't really read up too much on, uh, Duke. Duke. That's it. To the internet. That's it. I'm using the internet for once. Eh. Cut this out. <laughs> oh, it's. Uh, I'm thinking of Duke Thomas. I didn't even have to Google it. Duke I just, Thomas. That's, I'm Duke thinking Thomas. of Winston Duke. That's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, uh, Mbaku. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of Mbaku. Mbaku. Great gorilla. <laughs> Mbaku. Um, All right. Well, then, well, scratch I don't it. know where Winston came Although from. Drake. Although Drake. Drake, Drake a, is pretty dope. Um, yeah, so he, you know, he, it's finally kind of out in the air. Uh, Bruce learns that he's that vigilante that whooped his butt, and, yeah. you know, Drake knows that he's Batman. Yeah. And one of the reasons that Drake decided to not turn him in, because he was contemplating turning him into the police, was because he saw, you know, how he kind of, I guess, Say you know went at, went after the you know save Harvey and yeah. uh, do all these other great things. So mm-hmm. he knows he's a good dude. He just yeah. you know didn't really know, I guess all the other aspects about Bruce. But right. you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But here they are. But he's not worried about all that. He wants to see the car. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. <laughs> Who doesn't want to see the car? Who doesn't want to see the car. It's a cool car. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dent escaping the uh, hospital as as one as one Harvey Dent does. He's out on a mission. He's gonna go find his own lair, this old railroad under under underground yeah. railroad railroad system, and he's also you know putting together this whole mission to go steal the money from the heist. Yeah, yeah, because there was I forgot what there, there's there was something with that money. Uh, the money was like laundered or something like that, or it was like it was dirty money. I think mm-hmm. that the bank wanted to be stolen. And yeah, so, there was, so there was like some so it labyrinthine all, it plot does, in there. Yeah, it does kind of all come back together. Yeah. Um, it's all associated with the mob. Yeah, Carmine mob, Falcone. We get a yeah, we do. Yeah, cameo. we get, we get a version of Carmine <laughs> yeah. Falcone in this that does not last very long. He's <laughs> a definitely jobber status. <laughs> yeah, so the the grand scheme, kind of the jump to that is that it's all just one big you know mob plan. Where one they, big pot. One. Big, oh, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> um, so he, uh, yeah, the the mob hires these 
goons to dress up like Batman and Jokers, you know, cause a riot, cause a mm-hmm. distraction, try to steal this money. It's all just one, you know, big plan. And yeah, yeah it just goes awry. Yeah. But Dent has it kind of figured out. He kind of puts it all together. Mm-hmm. He's going to steal the money and he's going to redistribute that appropriately. To the people of Burnside. To the people of Burnside. He's able to put together a small crew uh, using some of those phony Batman. Right. And and here we see, we get to see uh, a cameo from uh, the guy that held the the rate of the uh, uh, stereo when they're doing the party man in uh, Batman 89. That wasn't Lawrence. Was, was he in there? He, the bald guy with the... Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? I'm thinking of the other... I'm thinking of somebody else who was uh, in the helicopter. Oh, okay. I could be off on that. Yeah. I didn't, t- I didn't catch Lawrence. I thought Lawrence... Uh, I thought Lawrence died. He was, uh, he, he um, was trying to, he was trying to jump Batman in the, uh, up, well, in, up in the, uh, what's it called? If he, if he did die, we got somebody trying to, Trying to be Lawrence here. Somebody trying, trying, trying to be Lawrence. <laughs> Ain't nobody can be Lawrence. You can't be Lawrence. Can't be Lawrence, man. Um, but in the whole melee, you know, uh, Dent is able to put together a crew, get that money officially stolen. He starts mm-hmm. distributing it to uh, Burnside. He donates, I think, about nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and it's just a whole ordeal. He's he's out to do his own thing. That's going to put everything in place and and make things better in his mind. Um, all the while, he does have. You know, there's a, an attempt to get him turned in. So Barbara, um, oh, I should probably mention that uh, Selena ends up getting a job at the GCPD as a oh, computer right, as yeah. a computer IT gal, and she's using that as a way to siphon and you know to siphon information out of the GCPD. Is that is that who you're talking about here? Right there. Oh, uh, yeah, he he lives. So Lawrence lives. Him. Lawrence lives. Good for him. He's part of Dent's crew now. He lived. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, he's got the Joker crew and the Batman wannabes working for Dent. Yeah. And then there is an attempt to try and get, you know, Dent turned in. Dent's trying to get in touch with Barbara. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, Barbara is torn because, you know, she loves Dent. She wants him to get better. Yeah. Um, And everybody's t- kind of like, you know, I mean, I think even Gordon, you know, her dad's trying to, like, tell her, hey, look, he's. Seems like a good dude, but he's really never been. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just leads to the continuous contention that they have. And he admits that he's wrong for having trusted Batman and partnered up with him. He, mm-hmm. he understands why it's not agreeable. Yeah. He thought he was, you know, he he thought he was doing it for all the right reasons. Right. And you know, he still kind of does, but he's like, you know, owning up to the fact that he understands why other people disagree with him on that. Right. Which is, you know, pretty good development. You do get a little bit more Gordon in those later issues trying to, yeah, you know... You know, he's, he's got to cut off his contact with Batman officially so he mm-hmm. can preserve whatever Batman can achieve on mm-hmm. the side and try to, you know, keep everything low key. And he's trying to repair things with Barbara. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but he's still, you know, out there doing – before he, you know, officially gets outed as commissioner, he's still doing what's best for for the city and what's, you know, better for the whole situation at hand. Mm-hmm. But uh, in their attempts to try and capture, you know, Two-Face – Gordon gets captured. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> also, we got Harvey Bullock in this story. What a piece of shit Harvey Bullock is in this story. Yeah, <laughs> standard Harvey. There's no Eckhart. Get me Lieutenant Eckhart. Hey, unlike Eckhart, I think Bullock can think about the future. <laughs> well, I mean, Eckhart's dead, so he can't think about the future. That's true. He's dead. <laughs> Bullock is alive. He does think about the future. <laughs> Um, but in some turn of events, Two Face captures Gordon. 
And during another attempt to try and capture Two-Face, this time using Barbara, and it all failed because for some reason Catwoman interfered and all that. Right. Didn't really get that too much. Yeah. But uh, in an attempt for Batman, Robin, and everybody trying to capture Dent and bring him back, mm-hmm. yeah, he gets away. And getting back to his lair, you know, Gordon, who's been, I guess there was some, like, fine wine that was being kept down there. Yeah. So he's been drinking. Yeah. And he's talking shit to Dent. <laughs> 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 Talk shit to Dent. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She tried to turn you in, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, look, man, you're not going to get away with this. And <laughs> He's just going on and on. And Dent had already flipped a coin, deciding that he wasn't going to kill Gordon. Right. But in the consistent shit-talking that Gordon (laughs) did on him, he shot him. Yeah. And... You know, this is kind of interesting. Kind of wild. Yeah, because, I mean, and and Two-Face does come back to it and say, like, I shouldn't have shot him. The coin didn't say to to shoot him. And it is interesting to to have this be, like, maybe the the one thing that... that, Derails, yeah. This, derails this whole plan of yeah. where this could have gone. Yeah, because now he's he's Dent had his his one kind of north star was the the coin and just doing whatever the coin told him to do. And it had been working. Yeah, yeah. He 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 got the money. He was giving it to everybody. Um, and now, and now he's you know he's killed Gordon. Yeah, like what does this change? Yeah, you know, and. You know, Gordon's just in his dying breath. He's just saying, now Barbara gets to see you for who you really are. Yeah, you know? yeah. Gordon is, is like almost like he wanted this to happen, kind of just so that, yeah, so that he he, he knows that Barbara's never going to forgive Dent for that and they're never going to be together. And it's kind of crazy to kill off Gordon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that would have been wild. <laughs> that it would have been movie nuts. I'd be like, what? Like, Pat Hingle? What? <laughs> you going to kill Pat Hingle? You're gonna you're gonna hack off Hingle, <laughs> but it's kind of it's it's pretty crazy. They they killed off Gordon, and it's a really cool ending too. Because then, like you know, um, Two Face is just you know arguing with himself, and mm-hmm. naturally, as Two Face does, and uh, <laughs> you know he's just like, no, none of this matters, none of this matters. And then you get that final little like you know panel of Batman showing up as like it matters to me. Yeah. And yeah. just and, and and I think you think there's going to be just a big battle going on in the next right. final issue, and yeah. uh, let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> let's turn the page. I mean, you know, so yeah, Batman shows up. He's he's ready to fucking take down Dent. Yeah. Like, dude just killed Gordon. That's somebody. Mm-hmm. And they, they one cool thing that they do, like they really once again, this is probably of the three Batman Burton verse stories. Obviously, this is the one that has the most Gordon. I guess involvement, right? Because they do acknowledge that he was there at the the crime when uh, he was he was there to console Bruce, yeah, to answer the his, call, yeah, yeah, the night of his parents' murder, yeah. So they kind of bring that they, in there. They they don't necessarily say it explicitly. It's always like he was there, yeah, like he was like, there like that he, night. He's talking to Alfred. And he's like, you know, you know that Jim Gordon was there or something like that, or you know he was there for me when I needed him and. And uh, there's some, some other stuff, too, where he just kind of – he doesn't necessarily say he was there the night that my parents were murdered <laughs> and but, he put his arms around but me. But there's just no other – yeah, but yeah. there's definitely, like, no other way yeah. to interpret that. Yeah. And, again, taking a little bit from maybe the Dark Knight here. <laughs> so – or not Dark Knight. Batman Begins, I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's still really cool. I yeah. mean, it's – it's you know, the advantage That's, that Sam Hamm has mm-hmm. in this day and age to write this story is yeah. that – so many other cool Batman things have occurred. Yeah. So many other modern events have occurred. Yeah. So many significant things have happened in which this alters the way that a third Batman story like that could have could have happened. And 
really, and I mean, we can't hammer it home hard enough. Like, I don't think this would have been the story we would have gotten in the mid nineties, yeah, no, not at all. No. But looking at it now, it's like that's pretty dope. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I do like that there's a little bit more emphasis on Gordon being a factor in Gotham that was very important and vital to Batman's operation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the, you know, Gordon in, in the two Batman movies is just very <laughs> ineffectual and just kind of... <laughs> Big time. Yeah. He's just, he's just there. there. Just because he's in the comics, I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's really something I'm going to definitely go off on in a little <laughs> while, too, about the Tim Burton you know, aspect of it all. Um, so there is no big boss fight between Batman and Dent. There's right. no back and forth. Um, there's a, there's it, a bomb that goes off. Yes. Uh, Dent sets off some explosions in his mm-hmm. lair that he had arranged just for, I guess, these, you know, a particular situation that involved, uh, him being caught yeah. and Batman got caught in all the rubble. It damaged his, uh, mask and exposed his face. Half his, of his face. Half of his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, that, but wait, Two Faces gotta go grab his camera. <laughs> oh wait, where's my camera? Where's my ca- yeah, he's they wrote that in. Where's my camera? <laughs> and he goes gets his camera. He takes a picture and he gets away. Yeah. Um. But uh, Bruce is saved by Catwoman and uh, Robin, mm-hmm. and they're able to get him back, get him some medical attention. And you know, this is where you would think that this is like leading to a big, big, big fight, and it 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 doesn't. I'm just gonna go ahead yeah. and get to it. It's a very different type of way to get to the ending of the story. Yeah. Yeah. And you get um you know in between all of that you you get uh Catwoman who fully uncovers the truth of the whole situation with the mob involvement mm-hmm. and the corrupted politicians and yeah. what the money was for, what the whole events of these fake, you know, decoy Batman and Jokers are for. Yeah. Oh, did did we talk about uh, Harvey getting in, involved with uh not involved but uh having a meeting with all the uh, I, was, I was about to dive because into that, but no, go for it. Okay. Go for it. Well, uh, so Harvey has a has a meeting, just like he did in his uh, hallucination, where he's kind of meeting with all the the heads of of, of Gotham, <laughs> you know, um, to talk about how he's going to do the right thing in his mind now, which is you know try to like help people of Burnside, try to you know kind of right the inequality that's that's in Gotham, uh, and Carmine Falcone is there. And you see him, he's got the, you know, the clawed face. You know, you know who it is. They, I think they call him Carmine, too. They do, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't know. Um, and, uh, you know, Carmine's there representing the organized crime that that funds a lot of these politicians and, and um, you know, greases the wheels so that he can do all his stuff. And he kind of mentions, like, I'm, like, all these people change. I don't. I'm the guy that is running the trucking and the construction and all this other stuff, the stuff that actually makes the, the city go. And so he's kind of trying to intimidate Dent into, you know, you can't, you can't mess with me. Nothing's going to change because I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. And Dent just blows him away. Just, just, <laughs> just shot to the head. In the head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, no hesitation. Yeah. And that was like a message to send to the politicians. Like, yeah. well, that's what could happen yeah. when you're, allegedly the you know one of the more powerful figures in the city yeah so and then um dent makes his way back to burnside and he gets to meet up with mr jerome otis his you know father figure the man that kind of helped you know yeah. mentor him this was and real sad this one here. was real sad <laughs> this was fucked up it's like you know jerome is basically just like you know tell him like, hey look you're you've gone too far yeah you've done too much you need to dial it back mm-hmm. 
you know, before you go too further. And, you know, Dent is resisting. He's not agreeable to this. And mm. Jerome's like, well, I'm just going to have to call the cops on you. Yeah. And then once I think did he, he didn't even flip a coin for that either. I don't think so, yeah. He reluctantly just he killed his mentor, his yeah. father figure. Yeah. And I think Drake showed up at uh, the timely figure or the timely moment, I should say, in which he uh, would then get framed for the uh, murder of Mr. Rodas. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, basically, once again, you know, Dent is at odds with himself for having done the, I guess, the impossible, the most deplorable thing. But it all leads to him attempting to then blackmail Bruce. He, you know, asks for a meeting. He calls Alfred. I think Alfred relays the message. Yeah. And, yeah, Bruce is like, all right, let's do this. He brings him over, takes him to the Batcave. And, of course, you know, Dent is just kind of like, seems like he's in a good spirits. Yeah. Two-Face is like, yeah, so this is what you've been doing. This is who you are. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, tell you what, nobody has to know that you're, nobody has to know that you're Batman. Yeah. And I can even, you know, turn in evidence to get uh, Drake free. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is be my enforcer. Yeah. It's like, okay. Quite, quite the, uh, quite the offer. But then in the most Batman way, Bruce has an alternative. Yeah. Bruce has a different suggestion that is a lot more enlightening where he helps Dent. Mm -hmm. He helps him recover. He helps him fight, you know, the injustices of the world differently. Does his part to, you know, join together and do do good things. Mm -hmm. And it's working. Mm -hmm. He's almost being convinced. Yeah. Until Catwoman shows up and... (laughs) Earlier in the story, too, during the heist, uh, Batman obtained his iconic giant large ass penny. That's right, yeah. And Alfred was able to get that set up in his uh, in the Batcave. Yeah, it, uh, Batman uses it as like cover uh, for gunfire. He like yeah. runs with it as it's rolling, and then he he decides to get it and put it in the um, in the in the Batcave because it's a symbol of of like his lucky penny, pretty much that yeah. like, saved him in this in this one instance when he was. Um, in the beginning of the, the the money heist that was happening. And there's a good page in the book where it's set up and he's like, Alfred, I got to say, this looks good. <laughs> <laughs> the giant penny looks yeah. good. Yeah. But Catwoman uh, cuts the the wiring yeah. to the penny and it uh, basically stum- you know, tumbles towards uh, Dent and it mm-hmm. causes him to uh, fall off the, uh, the cliff of the cave. Yeah. And he gets his hand into a hook, right? It's very weird art. It's a well, very so that's the one one of my biggest criticisms though of the story is that that sometimes it's it's a little difficult to follow the story. And that kind of goes with uh, something else I'm going to mention afterwards too uh, about one of my other criticisms or hopes of what this could have been. Um, but basically, the last like couple of pages of this whole uh, you know battle mm-hmm. is a mixture of what's really happening. Yeah. And the book or not. kind of like another way it could have gone. It, at, at, at that moment that uh, Two Face falls and is like um, hanging on the uh, on the precipice of falling down into the into the Batcave, um, it it splits into two things uh, into like two ways that it could go. One is uh, Dent kills Bruce. Bruce goes and like you know to save Dent and to pull him up. And it shows Dent killing him and coming up and, like, killing uh, uh, Catwoman as well. But then on the next page, uh, Bruce grabs uh, Dent and pulls him up and saves him. Uh, and it's it, it, it's, a, it's a little difficult to tell, like, exactly how I'm right. supposed to read this. Am I supposed to read it, this, like... One page, or am I or is this it a, across? Yeah, is this a two-page spread, or is it just one and one? And like it, 
it's a cool idea, I feel like, to take us back to the idea of that that quantum <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. thing of, of di- parallel realities of what could and could not happen. Too many choices. Um, and, uh, too many choices. <laughs> too many questions. <laughs> too many questions. Um, because it's like this is happening in did, – did Dent toss his coin – I don't know. There's something happened where his coins. Yeah, because like when here. Bruce is like proposing the thing, like you yeah. know, you got to make the choice, and he tosses him a coin. That's right. He gives. Yeah, yeah. and it's believed that it's supposed to be double headed. Yeah, so it's supposed to be. You think it's, it's Two Face's coin? So it's Bruce tricking you know Two Face into making sure he chooses the right option. Yeah, and the and then this is where you were talking about. So like, the the coin lands good side up, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's gonna take. He's gonna he's gonna be saved. He's gonna let Bruce save him, and something happens where this hook, <laughs> like a rope and a hook, yeah, are out and it like it just digs into his arm, and uh, and then it snaps. Yeah. The, oh, the, I think it was the thing that was holding up the penny. Yeah. And uh, so he's kind of dangling, but then because Catwoman had already weakened the mm-hmm. uh, the thing, it it snaps and he falls. Yeah, he just falls to his death in the Batcave. Yeah. So. And that's the end of Two Face's story. It's uh, yeah. you know, and uh, Two Face is kind of describing a uh, hallucination that he's seen, where he sees him and Bruce as old and friends, and that they've made a difference and and are, you know, made a good Gotham. And then he's kind of happy about that, and then the thing snaps and he falls to his death. <laughs> it's kind of a um, pretty wild ending. Yeah, in a way, it's yeah. not what you would expect for a Batman ending. Yeah. And like I said, it's like as we talk about it, it's a it's cool, but I just yeah, you know, it's it, it was hard to read. It was maybe just executed a little. Yeah, that, maybe. that to, like when you describe it, uh, it is a tough thing to try to think of. Like how how would I <laughs> actually like show this in a um, comic and, form? In a and the, yeah, movie? the execution could have been a little bit better on yeah, that. Just a little bit clearer, but but. Uh, in the remainder of the story, though, you've got uh, Bruce is pissed at Selina for having, you know, yeah. cost, you know, dent his life mm-hmm. and just killing him on purpose and just yeah. ending things with her. And, and yeah, and, and he's like, I gave him a trick. I, I figured this out. <laughs> I, I beat him, you know, <laughs> like pretty much. I did my Batman thing. I, I, I gave, the you know, the, the best of, of all possible worlds. I, mm-hmm. I figured it out. I was two steps ahead of him. And two. Two. Um, <laughs> That's two. <laughs> Um, but, uh, th- th- then there's one thing that like when that happened, I was like, that's cool. That's a very Batman thing that he would, you know, outsmart, uh, two face to, to get the, the, um, you're always two heads about wanted. everything, <laughs> two minds of everything, two minds out, two you're, minds. You're always a good friend, Bruce. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good old Batman forever. Oh yeah. Um, it's on the way, <laughs> but I, uh, I really like that. But then they kind of undercut it because then. Um, I think like Batman looks in his hand and like he has the wrong. Uh, I think Catwoman find like yeah. takes a look at the coin. She's like, "No, you actually gave him." Yeah, and I feel his... like that undercuts Batman because it's it, it means that Batman fucked up on the thing that he was trying to do. <laughs> like yeah. he he meant to palm uh, Two Face's coin and give him the uh, one that's not uh, scarred up, but then Bat- but then uh, Catwoman is just like, "No, you fucked up. You you gave him the wrong coin." <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, yeah, she goes off on him for, you know, just being out of touch with what's really going on. Yeah. Once again, kind of emphasizing in this story that, you know, this version of Bruce and Selena aren't meant to be together because 
know, there's, you know, she has different agendas and mm-hmm. she does not believe in the Batman. She doesn't believe in like what he's able, what he's doing. Right. So it really just hammers that home in a yeah. very, very heartbreaking way yeah. because Bruce, uh, upon her return is just envisioning this life now mm-hmm. where he can give up the cape and cowl and right, just yeah. be with her and they can live their life together. They can do other things to achieve better things in Gotham. Yeah. He sees his own kind of coin flip reality, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so and you know, his parents are still alive in, in it. Yeah. I think he's like, he's getting there. He sees a vision of him and Selena married with kids and they're waiting for Thomas and Martha to come by for Christmas, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's a reality that he wishes he had, but yeah. no, that's not it. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, leaves and, uh, yeah, that's kind of the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, later on, Drake is, you know, cleared of the murder charge that was, you know, being accused against him for Mr. Otis. I think Bruce was able to turn in like a Two-Face's revolver to clear yeah. him up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he gives Drake his own little bat pod to yeah. go off and fight crime on his own. Mm-hmm. And Selena's making an offer to Barbara that, uh, right. hey, you want to take down some high elites, you know, some real white collar, you know, pieces of crap. Let's do yeah. it. I'm on your side. Interesting. Like as, as you're talking about it, I, I am now getting the, the idea of, you know, Gordon and Batman were together to try to fight some kind of crime, you know, and now Catwoman and Barbara Gordon are going to be together to, to fight some crime here. It's a pretty weird twist of fate on yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't really thought about that deeply, but that's, it's something else. Yeah. And I, I would hope that that's something too, that they've really thought about is like, here's, you know, Barbara Gordon just basically falling in steps of her father, whether she likes it or not. Yeah. Um, and Barbara also receives a package that was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's from her late fiance. Yeah. That was sent to her uh, before his death, obviously. With some very interesting pictures. A picture of, let's say, Bruce Wayne as Batman. That's right. That's it. That's the, that's <laughs> it's, the it's, evidence. It's that picture that, that Harvey <laughs> took. That, yeah. It's, that, it's the picture Harvey took. <laughs> So it really, that, that kind of like, it's a nice little weird cliffhanger, so to speak. Like, yeah. okay, now she knows the truth. Right. What, what does she do from here? Yeah. Catwoman's made her this offer. Where does she go with that? Yeah. You know, uh, Robin is out doing his own thing. Yeah. And all the while, you've got Bruce at home picturing another life that mm-hmm. isn't going to come to pass. Yeah. And, you know, Alfred asks him, will you be going on patrol tonight? You know, and you know, Bruce is looking out there and it's a kind of actually, I like the ending. Mm-hmm. I like the ending. It's Bruce is like thinking about it and he's got Harvey's coin mm-hmm. and he flips for it. Right. Yeah. And then the very final shot is the bat signal turning on. Yeah. That's a pretty dope ending. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So that was, um, Batman 89 Batman shadows. Shadows. Um, that is in some weird form or another, what maybe, Possibly, definitely not, would have been the third um, story. Yeah, in, in an alternate the, reality. In an alternate reality. If you flipped a coin. If you flipped a coin. <laughs> the this heads could of have Warner been Brothers it. flipped a coin. <laughs> oh, God. This could have been it. Oh, you know, let them flip, those assholes. Uh, <laughs> nah. Nah. Fuck them, guys. <laughs> I, I, so um, a couple of thoughts I really want to bring up real quick. Yeah. And, you know, I won't try to drag on forever about it because you know that's that's our mo we probably have already gone like three hours today <laughs> yeah I, think we're hitting two <laughs> look, I don't care two i wanted to go through this whole thing yeah now that you heard the whole story you ain't got to read the book but uh, actually i would say <laughs> i would no, en- go get the book go read get the it. book i would encourage you to read it check don't out take the, my the, word for it yeah the artwork's great it really is an interesting story my couple of criticisms would be this i wish there was more than six issues because i feel mm. like 
the, especially in the last like two or three, there's a lot stuffed in there. Yeah, more Two Face stuff. I think we should have seen. You know, like it, it. It was good that they they set Harvey up as as who he is. You know, you get to see him as as the good man that he is. Um, but when he when he changes to Two Face, there's it's almost out of nowhere that he's doing bad stuff. You know, like like I mentioned, you know, they 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 do talk about the uh, the the battery acid is affecting him. The drugs that he's on are, are maybe warping his mind a little bit. I, I didn't see enough of Big Bad Harv, <laughs> you know, right, in, right. In, in the beginning. He's just a good guy who's really he didn't do anything really wrong. Like you know, maybe you saw him. He he pulled a gun on the um, the purse robber. Yeah, and fired. He, he fired in the air mm-hmm. uh, to scare the guy off. Um, but you, you don't see him do anything that's like really. Gives well, you any indication that he might turn bad at some point. It's not know? like the Dark Knight where, right, where that version of Two Face is is interrogating a mentally mm. ill man who was working for the Joker and yeah. didn't know any better. Yeah, and he's willing to intimidate him by flipping a coin and constantly making this guy piss himself bit yeah. by bit. Yeah, you know, like he's not that kind of vicious. Yeah, um, so you don't really get to or see that side of him in the animated series when <laughs> somebody like makes fun of him or something. And he's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's like chases after flying him. off the handle. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you don't really see that he's got um, an aspect of being a bad, you know, a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that's kind of it's kind of funny too because I, I also don't really feel like this two like th- this two face also is as violent. He's willing when he gets to this point, he's willing to do violent mm-hmm. things. Yeah, but he still has a charm to him. There's still yeah. something. There's still something goofy about you know his situation that he mm-hmm. just just has to go with the flow of it right so it doesn't like you know it doesn't make him a freak or a monster he just he's trying to get him he's trying to get this mission done he's trying to like now do something worthwhile before it's too late yeah so like i say he's on a bit of a dead man's you know mission there trying to just achieve something yeah and um by any means yeah essentially yeah so um but i do wish that the series could have been maybe at at most two more two more two more uh, issues oh, okay. like maybe up to eight because yeah. like i said i feel like the last two are just a little bit packed yeah especially that the issue five is super packed mm. and it's like you got a lot going on in there and you're yeah. trying to like really expand a little bit yeah um and then yeah i mean just the last couple of issues there was like a at least specifically like that main panel with the bat cave thing like yeah you know cool idea needed more time to kind of think on that one yeah yeah um but aside from that, I'm relatively pleased with the story. Yeah, like um, I think I mentioned this earlier uh, at, at the start, but yeah, if this did come out as a, a third Batman movie in the '90s, like this would be awesome. I, this would probably be one of my favorite ones. You know, <laughs> I think this would be if this was adapted to like a live action. I think it would be an incredible yeah movie to watch. Um, you would have to add in a little bit more Batman action, a little bit more right. Batman in general. You're right. There, there, there were times where I was like, "How come Batman's not coming in here to like break some stuff up?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there, there was some like, um, so, uh, some of the activity of 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 the uh, the Batman fan club, um, like I wonder, like, uh, you know, Catwoman takes out those those guys, and it's the the arsons that that blow up the um. Uh, the auto body repair shop. Yeah, and uh, there, there, there was another one. Too. There's the thing where like Batman and Catwoman are on a roof, and they're kind of flirting back and forth, mm-hmm. and then like the bombs go off. But then you don't see Batman like saving anybody in like the the areas that have been affected. 
and yeah, stuff like that. I'm like, how come, how come I'm not seeing more Batman, like jumping in here and saving people? <laughs> yeah. So I think if this were ever, if this were ever adapted, there would definitely need to be some more mm-hmm. changes yeah. in, in regards to giving us a little bit more Batman, a little bit more action with Batman. Yeah. So but that's, that's always been the problem with the Burton movies as well. Yeah. Is like, and, ma- and maybe that's, I, I, I don't know if that's a, uh, uh, conscious thing that Sam Ham has done here to like keep in uh, well you know. you know what's interesting about this is that this is more of a sequel to the first Batman than it is to Batman Returns that's true yeah and I think the involvement of Catwoman is more of a desire that Joe Canonas uh, you know, oh, okay. wanted I I was gonna say that that stuff too always felt like the weakest part of the book to me the Catwoman stuff is definitely not fleshed out as well as it could have been yeah. once again maybe a couple and a little bit more of expanded on this, it could mm-hmm. have been a little bit more fleshed out. Yeah. Um, cause her just coming back out of nowhere being, you mm-hmm. know, busting a white collar, you know, yeah. politicians and mobsters. Yeah. Need a little bit more of an understanding of where her head's at. Yeah. How did she get to that? Yeah. Was it after her vacation from Gotham and right, yeah. having been nearly executed with making out with Shrek, did it like <laughs> jolt her, jolt her a little bit more, you know, yeah. her senses a little bit more. Yeah. So, it would be nice to learn a little bit more of where she's at instead of being a little bit more antagonistic towards Bruce and, mm-hmm. you know, playing him and all that stuff. And, right. you know, yeah. So a little bit more Batman, a little bit more, you know, of an understanding of like, you know, where Selena's at and def- definitely kind of giving this series a, like a couple more issues to have fleshed out some of those details would have mm-hmm. been beneficial. Yeah. Um, with that being said, uh, if you were to, put this through the Tim Burton filter. No chance in hell that any of this would have <laughs> would have gone through. Even today in today's day and age, mm-hmm. you would put this in front of him, he'd read it, he'd probably just get confused because <laughs> this dude has only read one comic That's that he true. ever understands. <laughs> yeah. He read the killing joke and that was the only thing, right? Wasn't that it? Yeah. He's only read the um, killing joke and that's all he understood. <laughs> um yeah, no like the uh the Burton stuff in here wouldn't necessarily, yeah, th- th- there's really no, like, touch of Burton in here, actually. Like, there's no weird, weird stuff happening. Um, the, the only stuff that maybe could be Burton-y is, like, the costumes on, on the Batman and the, um, uh, you know, the, the, the Batman fan club, as I'm calling them, and the, the Joker mm-hmm. uh, gang. Um, but but th- that's about it. There, there's no real, like, wild you know, German expressionist <laughs> kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> uh, set design or anything like that. Um, yeah, that, that's what I was saying to you earlier. Like if this was a, you know, like a John Singleton or a, a Spike Lee Batman movie. <laughs> Spike Lee joint. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Like, I feel like that, you know, that they could probably direct this pretty well. Probably. <clears throat> I mean, probably. Uh, but, you know, with that being said, and I don't mean to say this as a way to undermine what we believe in, what we've been saying. It's like, look, for me, the 1989 Batman movie, it brought me to the dance. I'm a yeah. Batman fan because of that movie. But that doesn't mean that I would agree with, like, Tim Burton's views on what he thinks is a good Batman story. <laughs> right. Because um, a lot of these feelings I have typically are very sentimental yeah. from my childhood. I think a lot of us can probably feel that way about a lot of things that we've held on to. But yeah. with all due respect, Tim Burton... You know, he doesn't get Batman. Yeah. He doesn't get the comic book realm. He he, he gets kind of the, the, the darkness of it and the, some, like, some of the theatricality of it, but he puts almost too much of himself in into that stuff. You know what I mean? Right. He's, he's not coming to it um, trying to think of, 
okay, what what is this character and in, in the source material, what is actually being told here? He kind of comes to it and tries to graft his own thing onto it and, and you know, take what's there and just kind of put it through his filter. And uh, it, it, it can be too much of Burton. You know, especially in Batman Returns, it's like a lot of Burton. <laughs> and it's like, that's why I'm not a huge fan of Batman Returns is because it's just too much, too yet, much Burton stuff. And yet I watch that movie so much. I don't get it. I don't <laughs> fucking get it. Um, and I would say this too. Uh, <laughs> he, like, I don't think he understands a, a, a moral concept of what this story told. Mm. I don't think he would get that. Yeah. I think he would find that boring and right. unproductive. Yeah. yeah. Like, how is this Batman? Like, how is it not Batman? Right. Isn't Batman's purpose of becoming a vigilante and doing the things that the regular form of justice is unable to achieve yeah. in the most extreme way possible, a mm-hmm. way to try and circumvent and to bring down those that feel that are above above the law. Right, yeah. And to look at how Two-Face, this version of Two-Face, how Harvey Dent is trying to approach it, mm-hmm. is also, in a way, going above and beyond mm-hmm. in an extreme way to get what he wants in, in as a means to an end to yeah. save Gotham right. in his vision. Yeah. Even, if, you know, and... You even look at like like imagine how like you know uh, probably Tim Burton would feel about the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. I actually I don't really know what he feels about that. I'm sure yeah. he's bored he's probably, by. The, he's I'm sure pro- he's never seen it. <laughs> I'm sure he's bored by those movies if he were to ever watch yeah, them because probably. you know, aside from like Batman looking like a big giant demon in Batman Begins when you know Crane's on the fear toxin. Yeah, I'm sure everything else is like I don't get this. Why yeah. is he Why is he trying to fight the mob? Mobsters yeah. are boring. <laughs> you know, like. Uh, uh, you know, like I, I mean, I, and I don't mean I don't want to bash Tim Burton. I appreciate everything he's done. I, he, I he's a, he's a great, you know, visual style, especially in in that first Batman movie. I I, I do love the look of the, the first Batman. Movie. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. It, it's great, and I feel like it's it's the perfect amount of gothic looking kind of architecture, and mm-hmm. and you know, talk about like that, like I said, German expression is kind of you know. Um, lens of, of filmmaking for visuals that you know Burton wanted to put on there but I think all things considered this would not have been a Tim Burton story that he would have ah, yeah. sought out and I'd be curious once we get around to you know one day talking about uh, Batman Returns yeah definitely exploring what Sam Ham's you know vision was what he wrote and what it was about it that Tim Burton was just like nope fuck this <laughs> um so we'll see uh yeah. but with that being said um Batman 89 the comic series I liked it I really enjoyed it it's mm-hmm. a nice it's a nice different take yeah. on that universe. It, it goes into a direction that you probably wouldn't expect yeah. while also really giving a little bit more of a different take. Like I like this version of Robin. I like his outfit. I, I, I like that yeah. he's covered. I, I, I've never, I'm not a fan of the open hair oh, okay. characters yeah. like, like with Batgirl and mm. Nightwing and yeah. all of them. I feel like too much to identify you with. <laughs> right. Like you're leaving evidence yeah. behind kid. Yeah. I mean, I don't care for that. So, um, but a hood. Yeah. Nice little like, you know, face yeah, fully, covering. Yeah. yeah. I dig that. It's a really cool looking design. I mm-hmm. dig that. Um, I love the Billy D. Williams two face look. It's yeah. just, it's wild. It's, yeah. it's, it's stylist, mm-hmm. you know, stylist, uh, stylistically it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, all of it's definitely like I said, like I've been saying, I love a lot of the elements of the story. I think there's a lot of great things about it, yeah. and there's definitely a few criticisms that you should naturally be able to pl- to pluck from something like this as well. Yeah. As, as we've talked about it too, I've I've kind of in, enjoyed talking about those those themes of the the 
to Gotham's, you know, that Harvey talks about and how Sam Ham really uh, showcases the the idea of, of, of what's happening in Harvey's mind where he, he is walking the line of, of there's these two ideas of what he could be. You get very a small, small morsel of who he is, what he does, yeah. and that's about it. Like, yeah. it's Billy D. Williams is in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, this... It's giving you an opportunity to see a lot more the duality aspects of mm-hmm. who Two Face is, but in a much more broader, much different way than you've ever witnessed and you've ever seen before, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well put. Better than I could have said it. <laughs> I got you covered, brother. <laughs> Thanks, I got you man. covered, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, Batman eighty nine. That's it's a win for me. Um, I know it's like I said. There's some fair criticisms to have of this story, and just in general, like you know especially towards like how it's a little bit more compact in the end for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd recommend anybody to check it out. If you're a fan of, you know, the Batman, Batman returns that Tim Burton, Michael Keaton version of Batman. Mm-hmm. This is a good, you know, um, how should I say? It's a good feast to have for wanting yeah. to get a little bit more yeah. of that universe. Yeah. So, but David, yes, it's been a long run. I just want to thank everybody. If you're still with us here, Spoiling Batman 89 for you. <laughs> we don't give a fuck. <laughs> but we've been spoiling Batman 89 for you here. But we still hope you check it out and uh, give it a look, give it a read. But we are going to go ahead and look to the future. The future. The future. David, think about the future. In the next episode of The <laughs> Chemical Syndicate, do you know what we're going to be talking about? Uh, Well, I believe we will be reading... An actual book. <laughs> An actual book. That's right. A book with no pictures in it. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be some pictures. I'm sure some pictures, but not like the ones that we like. <laughs> <laughs> These pictures won't be telling a story. No. Uh, the words will be telling a story. Yes. The story of Bob Kane. <gasps> from the man himself. That's right. We're going to be talking about Batman, Batman and, and me. me. Not, uh, not me. Not me. Not me. Not me either. But Bob It's Kane. Bob Kane, yeah. Bob Kane is the me in this situation. And, not me. And, I'm not Bob Kane. I'm not Bob Kane. But he is in the title of Batman and me. He is the me of so, Batman. So Wait. <laughs> this is a, uh, this is a uh, I'm going to put this, I'm, I'm using quotation fingers here, an autobiography. <laughs> Which I'm, he probably didn't write this. <laughs> he yet. didn't write this, but he, he's going to claim that he, he did. Doesn't, he doesn't do anything by himself. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> he ain't done shit on his own. Except take credit. That's true. He did a good job of that. Um <laughs> It's going to be Bob Kane's autobiography titled Batman and Me. Yes. And we will be uh, giving that a read and we'll be coming back here in the next episode of The Chemical Syndicate to talk about it. And I'm sure I am going to be livid the entire time. (laughs) I'm going to be pissed. But it was also my idea. (laughs) So I know I want it. I want to be mad. I want to be so mad at Bob Kane right now. I'm a... What is it, the one where you you like giving pain to yourself? Is that a masochist? Masochist, yeah. yeah. I Oh, yeah. Not my kind of pleasure, but here I am. <laughs> David. I've been a bad little boy, so I got to read Batman and me. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> David, where can the people find us on our social medias? Oh, man. They can find us uh, on all social medias at Chem Syndicate. That's right. I remembered it. It's C-H-E-M-S-Y-N-D-I-C-A-T-E, Chem Syndicate. Guys, find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Chem Syndicate, just like Mr. David here said. Guys, thank you so much for uh, hanging here with us, listening to us talk about this 
six issue limited series that uh, went on for hours. <laughs> but you know us, we just love to talk about Batman. That's right. That's literally our whole podcast gimmick. That's why we're doing this. Exactly. Tune in for the next episode. We'll be reviewing and talking about Bob Kane's autobiography, Batman and Me. Guys, I hope you guys take care. Thanks for listening. We love you. We respect you. We obey you. We <laughs> abide by your rules and your living and your and who you are. And we just want you to have the best life possible. And hopefully that involves listening to our podcast. So take care. We love you. Bye. Bye.